0: Hello, I didn't see you there. Welcome to the Fans of Power podcast. That is this one, right? It's not, we're not doing Rose Scoobla or something, are we? It's not like everybody <laughs> listens
1: or watches this podcast. You just call whatever the hell you want.
0: How dare you tell Everyone's watching right now. The whole world is watching. Um, it's me, James Etock. I'm the guest. We've got J to the A, M-A-T-O. I'm not going to do any rhymes. Joe Amato. got T to the B. A-K-E-R, silent Z, Tyler Baker. And Nathan, whose surname, Kennedy. There we go. <laughs> I always forget.
2: <laughs> I was waiting for you to spell that
0: all out, too. Yeah, I'm not going to spell Kennedy. Yeah, it's too, yeah, too many, yeah. answers, man. too, too many um, letters
3: in my name for James to kind of do something. Too fancy.
0: many letters. Yeah. Um, yeah, here we are, fans of power, man. Um, I'll cut it to you guys because you guys know what you're doing, and I'm sort of like, blah, 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 blah.
2: Well, we had to be having you do the intro there. It's just like I said, you're on once in a while. And as a guest, like, got to have James do an intro. We don't care how it was going to go either.
0: No, I hope it went as badly as expected. <laughs> no,
2: no, it went fine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we have a bunch of people that are watching you right now live. And I'll acknowledge them for you, James. And then we'll get to some topics. Eric Amon, Grimbot, JSP, Papa Huds, Thomas Ryberg, and Zentron. Missed anybody else? I apologize, but... Well, as for any recent news, was there anything you want to start off with? Because I was going to ask you something about some, uh, you know, about uh, the return of Faker in a bit, but was there anything you wanted to say or anything on your mind, James?
0: Um, yeah, just a, uh, just a quick shout-out. Um, to uh, we, we lost uh, one of our own kind of thing. Um, a guy called um, Jason Olsen, who was like a big He-Man and She-Ra fan, would always attend Power Cons, I think as far back as 2012 was his first. And um, sadly, he passed away uh, yesterday. I think yesterday morning, mm-hmm. Saturday morning. So yeah, kind of uh, our thoughts and hearts, prayers, and all that go out to his family and stuff. So yeah, a, a real proper loss for the community. But um, yeah, kind of the, his. Uh, the, there's lot, like a lot of love being shown for him online. So it's come on when someone passes away, their legacy is kind of shown when how many people kind of show their love for him. So yeah, guy go, go will be sorely missed, man. Real shame. Real, real, real fucking sad day. Really. Sorry,
3: oh,
2: definitely yeah it is a shame and like you said prayers to his family i saw
3: too on facebook where you had made that post that he always liked to have a stallone like a custom
0: stallone classics oh.
3: figure that people would take pictures with
0: <laughs> i believe it was called Sylvester, <laughs> which is pretty good. and um yeah he would just take that figure around everywhere and it was it was one of those things where it became his almost like gimmick he would he would turn up and be like it was his Sylvester's like, oh boy, here we go again. But it would always make you chuckle. It was never, it was never anything cynical or, you know, horrible or, you know, it was just someone coming around to a convention going, check this out or like, look at these photos on my phone of Sylvester. Like, man, you, this figure goes with you everywhere. And then last year, I didn't write this on the post, but last year I think he reached the pinnacle um, because he would always have people, you know, uh, take their photo with the figures, so like myself, Pixel Dan, just everybody at the convention, really. And last year he got Kevin Smith to pose with the figure, and I was like, "You've pretty much re- reached geek <laughs> peak cool. there, if you know what I mean. If, yeah. if you get your action figure that you love, getting it with, with people in photos, is photograph with Kevin Smith, then you know, good job, man. Um, I, I think the thing that I just kind of is really gutting. I know in the in the grand cosmic scheme of things, it doesn't mean much, but it's like, oh, there's, there's, you know, he he died like before he reached age. I, I don't even think he'd got to forty. I think he was like." You know, late thirties, if not very early forties, and you think of he reached that age, and we don't know how much more there is to come with He Man and She Ra, and yet he's going to miss all that. And as a as a geeky fan, that's like a a really sad part of it. It's like, oh man, he really loved his stuff. He had all the classics figures and all that, and it's just such a shame that he, you know, doesn't get to celebrate that anymore. You know, it's it's a real real fucking shame. So. Um, but, Yeah, he had a pretty awesome classics display. Again, he would always show that off. He's like, "Do you want to see my classics display?" Yeah, yeah, of course I do, man. Had it like wall to wall classics. I'm like, Phew. someone likes their classics figures. He wasn't too sold on origins. Interesting. <laughs>
3: no,
1: I can't say I uh, fault uh, him at all for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to say anything myself, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <clears throat> JJC, so, yeah, enough. Filter. So respect to respect to Jason, yeah. man
2: yeah God bless the butt. yeah, that's definitely, but uh well, uh James, now this is something I'm not quite sure if I can ask you, but I'll try anyways. Are you allowed to speak at all of the return of faker or maybe what's going on with it, if there's anything
0: it can yeah, be? I mean I can I can give you like' it is very vague updates, but it's it's one of those things where coronavirus be damned, like we um. There's something in the works which will allow us to show, I can't obviously say too much, but will allow us to show the return of fake faker publicly um, available for people to all around the world kind of thing. The problem was we were due to start production on this project um in April. Um, uh, timing. but uh, yeah, something happened to the world and, all right. <laughs> yeah, no 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 production was is probably going to happen until maybe next year at the earliest. so, whilst i think originally we were looking at about a 2021 release it's probably now going to be 2022 which seems a a lifetime away but let's face it time does pass quite quickly um and so before we know it at some point everybody will be able to enjoy the return of fake hopefully that's the um that's the plan but we're working we're already working on stuff like uh, people to be interviewed um uh and what other stuff like i've, I've even um, me and one of the guys working on this project are sketching out poster ideas for the project um yeah it's it'll be it's almost like it will have gone from just being something simple that we well, not simple the return of faker is rather epic but something that would have just been uploaded to youtube for free will now be something that will, may be even seen by more people because it's a almost like a grander tale that is being told rather than Here's a new cartoon. Well, here's a fan cartoon that is really good. Now it's going to be this (laughs) kind of thing. So that always makes you
2: wonder if like things happen for a reason. You know, as crazy as it sounds. You know, because it's a shame we didn't get to see it. But maybe, like you said, in the grand scheme, maybe it is leading to something better and a bigger production and debut.
0: Life always has a funny way of working itself out for me. I've, you know, it's going to sound a bit arrogant, but I've always managed to land on my feet in certain ways. Like, Oh no, this is, Oh my God, how did that happen? You know? So I'm thinking with this where it went from, Oh, this, the, the the return of fake is never going to be seen by anybody to now, Oh, it actually may be seen by more people. And this might be the best thing that could have happened, which sounds really weird. But um, yeah, I I think plus, Doosan will hate me saying this in the comments because I know he's pretty <laughs> Um, He's going to go, no, but like, we need to go back and tweak a few things. Um, nothing too major, but what that allows us is more time to kind of go back and fine tune it. And I keep saying to him, let's add one more scene. I think he, he wants to kill me. but I'm like, we could add one more scene. And plus, I was watching New Adventures the other day, In New Adventures of He-Man. There was a scene where he's deflecting laser blasts. And I thought, that would look really good with formation He-Man doing that. So... <laughs> Yeah, Doosan writes now. I can imagine Doosan's comments are like, no, no. I'm like, well, Doosan, you know. Are we we talking
1: like a a, a full, like, two-minute sequence or just a brief action, like?
0: I don't know, like, bits and pieces. I think the problem is if you try and do little inserts, it screws up the entire, you know, Doosan is very... um, meticulous understandable when it comes to editing everything together and i think the moment you kind of put a new scene in it knocks everything out of whack but i was talking about like an actual bonk entirely new scene whether i I, Mm. god knows what i thought maybe maybe we could get some little scene in there for something but just something new so that you know people will never have ever seen this version of the return of faker before uh, kind
2: of thing. Well, he did say no, just to let you know he is in the chat room, and he said no, with a
0: big <laughs> exclamation. Of course he said no. They'll, they'll be like, I'll be like, do so, look at this. <laughs> I don't know. He'll be like, ooh. I'm like, yeah. I,
3: so well, I, I'm we, hoping we, that by, by the end of this, there's going to be like, if it finds its way as well onto some sort of format, either with something paired with whatever, I, I'm hoping that you've already started recording things to make like a documentary on this this long process on getting it made and then having some of the setbacks
1: i kind of thought like this might be what what he's alluding just by nathan saying that in james's face is kind of like
0: it's it's one of those things where yeah it's it's i think it's one of those things where if you think about how it could work it it is or how it could be presented it's, it's pretty obvious but at the same time like nothing's going to be announced yet but i think when we do i think there's i think there's going to be a lot of good what do you call it good faith behind it i think you know it will be i i, I think it will be supported because i think it was a project that got a lot of attention for a brief period of time where people were like really want to see this um and just it kind of you know didn't materialize not for our own fault of course um damn you nbc universal we'll get <laughs> you next time uh yeah so we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens but hopefully we can announce something i'm hoping by by the end of this year or maybe in the next few months who knows just as a kind of a teaser as in like hey something might happen but yeah fingers crossed um but it will be i think it will be really kind of awesome so yeah that's there's that is it so uh, the, i keep saying to people the return of fake isn't just you know sitting in a on a on a computer on a, in a file doing nothing it's there's still stuff happening so yeah
2: well, it's good to hear, and we definitely look forward to seeing when it comes out. Like you said, whether it's into twenty twenty one or into twenty twenty two, we're patient. We've waited for stuff a long time. Things yeah. that have never came to fruition, <laughs> so we're used to it. It's nothing different for us for Masters fans. But uh, well, now I was going to say we're going to move on to the part, and this is where Nathan's going to come in to do that little slideshow. But we're going to discuss those um those pictures that you showed, those concept art which I think, did you do about a week of that? Was it about a week that you did of showing was, those, or how long?
0: I think, it, let me try and think, it was 24 images. It was eight eight days, I think, because I did, I did. I said I was going to do three images. You gave us extra. Yeah, I did like a bonus day. So it turned out to be eight days, yeah, of um, of illustrations owned by myself and the Power and the Honor Foundation. So we've had you know, this artwork for the longest time, and I, I just said to Emiliano, should we just, like, we have got no outlet, we can't do books on it. So I said, Should we just you know, for the time being anyway, goodness knows who gets the license next? I said to him, Should we just put like there's so many thousands of pieces I said, Should we just put like twenty something pieces up? And he's like, Yeah, cool. I was like okay. And that um, was a
2: hell of a kind gesture. I mean, not to interrupt, but I mean that's something amazing because you didn't have to do that. But like you said, there was a lot of shit going on, the world's yeah. going through some stuff everybody said, and for you to do that and share that without like you said, not selling another book, but hopefully one day you guys can to share all the rest yeah, of the yeah. shit,
0: that was really nice it was just one of those things i thought like and it was it sounds like such a i mean cliche and you know kumbaya my lord but i just i just thought wouldn't it be great if like during this time everybody gets to see some new old stuff and the the concept illustrations just struck me as oh that seems ideal so um yeah and i, I suggested Emiliani. said yeah and i even said to him maybe we should do it again at christmas just for you know because I always like doing christmas posts over december like a bunch of you know whether it was the year before last, I did Christmas special trivia. That last year, I just did random trivia, and I thought this year we could do here's some more concept artwork or more random artwork for like Emiliano reminds me there's um, an image of a figure that never got made. And I'm like, oh my god, and it's it came that close to being made. It's like that would be great to showcase because it will blow people's minds at the same time as going ah. Oh. So um yeah, I think there's so much stuff to get out there uh, that yeah, I think it'd be good to, nice to do it at christmas but also like i said it just seemed opportune to do it right now because everybody's indoors so oh, <laughs> people right. got more time to look at their computer screens it's like well let's give them something to look at baby so yeah. what, the ones that you shared
2: did they stand out to you the most is that why you decided to oh, share no, or was like, it just random yes
0: uh, the he-man he-man hairstyle was my i think it has always been my favorite because it's ludicrous but then you've got um, there was I wouldn't say these are even the best, the but best. there's, there's some good stuff in there, but I, I didn't, you, it's like anything. You don't want to throw all the best stuff. Cause then, then when you do like, if we do, if we do posts in December, people will be like, Oh, these are good, but not as good as what you showed before. The fact is, you know, there's more stuff that's, you know, coming down the pipeline. That's really, really good. The, the really annoying thing was, I think it was about a month before or something. Do linked me to um, some auctions? We missed not on eBay. It was on like some random website. And it was all concept artwork that we'd never seen before from He-Man and She-Ra, and it was like a bunch of characters, like, I think there was Garn from A Tale of Two Cities, I was like, oh my god, we've never seen this artwork, and it was all like really unique designs, it was beautiful, but whose collection that's gone to, no one knows. So someone bought this artwork, and it was, I think it was like three or four batches, and it's just, you know, and you think, where did that end up? But yes, yeah, it's, it's a shame, because you can't, obviously you can't accumulate everything, and scan everything, and get everything out there, but... You know, some lucky person got that stuff and probably thought, oh, I've got some artwork or, or you know, this time I've got some spare toilet paper. It's like, no. <laughs> you never know. I hope not. I always remember when the warehouse was in uh, the warehouse full of filmation, I was in San Diego for a while, well, for quite a few years. That's where the, the collection was really mishandled. And, you know, beautiful pan backgrounds were chopped up into fours. It was just like, oh, um even like I remember buying one myself and I was like I, I watched the episode and I thought there's an entire section missing and he said oh yeah I trimmed it to get it in the envelope and I was like, oh. oh wow <laughs> yeah and you wouldn't believe like it's it's so lucky that Lee Clevenger and a few other people uh, mainly uh, Greg as well Anna Motts, got into that warehouse back in the early noughties to pick up a lot of those gray Skull and snake mountain pans because they got preserved If they've if, if they had ended up in San Diego you would have seen the Snake Mountain throne room cut into five pieces with a cell of Lucky popped on top or something. It was just yeah. it was mind-boggling to see that. But when the warehouse was there, when so when the collection was in that warehouse, the owner of that warehouse, actually a really lovely guy, even though his um uh, guillotine methods were questionable, he um he was always looking to make a quick bark. So that was his attitude. Like he threw out a lot of artwork as well. That's the really gutting thing. He would go through folders just going, I was like, oh my God, you know, I saw him there was I guess it was a Tales from the Crip cartoon. And he had all the yeah. production art of that. And he was just going through folders, going, sell drawings, sell oh, no! drawings, into a huge into a huge dumpster. Dios, it was just Jesus be, Christ. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my God, you know, someone probably really wants that. But anyway, his his attitude was proper business. He was like, I bought all that collection for this much. I just want to turn it and make a profit, which he probably did, but by just getting rid of it, kind of thing. And um he he sold. I think he said he like just sold about thirty or forty boxes of He Man and She production art. Just sold them to China. He was just like, oh, some Chinese people wanted um, a bunch of artworks. So I just shipped them over there. It's like, oh my god, you know what? Where's that ended up? Aside from we know China, but you know, I don't know many Chinese collectors of He Man and Shira art. I'm not sure it was too big a hit out there, but you know, um, yeah. So. Tracking down a lot of this stuff is always a, is always a pain in the pain in the rear end. But yeah, sometimes it pops up and you're like, oh, um, Yeah, I only recently found out some, yeah, it's, it's, I'm a proper tease, but I found out something recently I thought, oh my God, um, there's like some artwork for something and I'm going to try and get my hands on it because when I do, I'll do another like, guess what I've got and kind of showcase it to people. So fingers crossed, that happens.
2: All right, and speaking of these pieces that you're yeah. talking about and the ones that you shared, I mean, there's some that, that really stood out, and, it, and I was going to ask you, with some of these, are you glad that it got X'd, or do you think, hey, it could have been cool? Because, like, for example, I mean, first, one of the designs of, I mean, well, not one of the designs, the design of Beastman you showed, which looks like, you know, the back of, like, almost like how Red Beast was when it was drawn on, like, maybe yeah. the back of the mini-comic. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was different, but I was like, I don't know if I would have really wanted that in the cartoon, and I'm kind of glad we got what we got, but I was wondering, did you prefer what you showed us? Would you thought that would have been better for the cartoon or what? Because some were different.
0: Yeah, the funny thing with that Beastman design is that shows up um, in a lot of the early promotional artwork as well, so I think that change to Beastman was very much a last minute change. What's even more last minute is the final Beastman character model we got, the one we see in every episode there was another version where you had the big shaggy legs as opposed to the boots. Oh, it sucked. And, yeah, you've seen that image, right? Because I did the... um, It was on the old YouTube channel I did. Yeah. So um, you see this beast man, and he's got, like, these huge, almost abominable snowman legs or something, Bigfoot legs, kind of. It's just so surreal. Um, But, yeah, I didn't... I I felt that when you look at that design, as interesting as it is, because all these designs are interesting because they're so different often, but what makes what it's funny because you get a lot of the early artwork and sometimes a lot with a lot of the early work you just think oh that's really cool maybe they could have with that beast man i'm just like i'm so glad they didn't go with that because the final version you look at his facial features far more savage that that early version has got these big eyes and looked a bit almost comical like you could have seen him bumbling and being looking like really silly doing it the final version when he went savage he had like you know, the arching eyebrows and everything. And those, he he didn't have like giant expressive eyes, but it was all, you know, very, just a certain look and angular. Whereas that one was almost like big cartoony eyes, big mane of hair. It just, it looked like hippie beast man. someone said, was it like beast man in quarantine? So, yeah.
2: And I think Mantenna would have been, because that's what I'm seeing right now, As evil as he looked, I just didn't know if that would have been just too difficult to animate constantly over and over. I like the look of him, but it was just different. And Azrog, he had his changes as well, which I'd like to hear you and Tyler because Tyler champions Azrog and loves Azrog. So I'm curious to see what Tyler thought of that Azrog as well. Go ahead, Tyler. What were your thoughts on?
1: Oh no, uh, that that was definitely the one that stuck out the most to me because it's just I, I feel like I'm 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 wandering around aimlessly all by myself talking about the character, so, and I had always thought, and I know, I, James, I can't remember where I had saw it, I don't know if James had written it somewhere, because the back of his head, I had always thought of pterodactyl, like, I thought maybe, like, his, when James, I think, had written in one of the books that, um, that his design looked different, I thought he must look like a pterodactyl, and then in the, the uh, uh, cartoon episode guidebook you put out, you showed all those concept drawings of, like, okay, that looks nothing like, I thought he would. And then when that popped up, I thought, oh, okay, that validates everything I had thought. Because I'm like, I, I knew I saw it somewhere. Because I'm like, okay, maybe it's not just me who thought that. So it was really cool to see that. Like, I, I, I still like the one we got that has the kind of alien-like face. Kind of looks like yeah. Tommy Knock or from Stephen King's uh, series. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it was just so cool to like, okay, yeah, like, I see where they're going with that. I, I would roll with it, but I still like what we got first. Or, or initially, yeah.
0: Yeah, do said, I think it was Dusan who said, it, he said, um, you can see why Alan Oppenheimer probably voiced the character based on that initial illustration, that kind of high pitched voice, because yeah. the, the actual voice doesn't really suit the, do you know what I mean? I mean, not every voice in that cartoon suits the character, but, um, but with Azrog, that kind of big pterodactyl-like mouse sorts, suits that more high pitched, like, you know, whatever, I can't do his voice, but you know, that kind of very shrill voice. Um, but the funny thing is, even on the, uh, I think Emiliano owns the final model design. And much like Beastman, on the final model design of the flat face, so the, the one that they used that they Xeroxed onto model sheets and stuff, on that one, you can see, uh, I guess, Tip white out, where they whited out the big beak. So again, that was a last minute change. They they were literally going with that design, final pencil, and then quickly was like, oh God, tip X it out and redrew the face. So like like the beast man with the big shaggy legs, that was something that was this close to being a, a reality. Oh, wow. But again, this would have been a nightmare to animate. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, people people often criticize formation, but it's like, oh, they always mirrored the animation. It's like, well, explain trap jaw then. He had two different versions of all his actions. He didn't he, <laughs> I think it's quite funny, the common misconception is, oh, yeah, they'd often get his arm on the wrong way. It's like, I could probably name about five episodes and one shot in each of those episodes where it's on the wrong arm. Even in The Return of Faker, it's, on, it's back the wrong way in one shot. we did that. I don't know if that was done on purpose or we just forgot.
2: <laughs> <It can't laughs> we'll just die. say that. You, say you did it on purpose. It'll cover your back.
0: Yeah, that was our homage to Filmation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. The she one that looks like she has a weird spin thing on her head, I was not a fan of that design at all. That one where it's like a mask and it whatever. That, that,
0: yeah.
2: I'm glad that changed. Catra, again, hers was, I don't know, to me it seemed plain. And, and that mask she was holding, it almost looked like, is that the same face they used for Claudine eventually? At least it looked like her face similar.
0: Well, with the with the Catra, like a lot of those early designs um, of her, and bear in mind, like, if anybody didn't know the listening that didn't see this artwork for the first time the 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 the, there's like a weird story so he-man was always mattel would send filmation the art the character or even a concept and they would go with that with she-ra that was mattel and filmation working together so the the characters were doing like the designs were doing this constantly until they i guess agreed on an animation model and then Mattel would, or Mattel would finalize their toy design, and Filmation would do something else. But they 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 agreed to a point, if you know what I mean. So hence Catra, very early on, obviously it was decided that she's going to carry around a mask. So a lot of the early Catra artwork. Um, yeah, she's carrying around this cat mask that she would put on and transform into a cat. I think a few people misunderstood that she'd just put on a cat mask and cosplay as a cat. And it's like, no, no, she puts the the mask on and transforms into a cat. She's not like a weird cosplayer or something. going, look at me, I'm Catra. It was like, and then she transforms. Um, But yeah, and then at some point, obviously, uh, I think if you look at the toy of Catra, she kind of still has the element of the mask. I think you put it on her, don't you? And you take it off. With the toy, mm-hmm. so you can have her literally hold that. Whereas the um, cartoon version is that awesome visor that does that, yeah. which I always thought was such a great an idea for a character. Oh, Just absolutely! Like, oh, I love that. But yeah, so the catcher I like I like the look of that catcher, but it's so far removed from what we got that it, it could almost be like here's the here's that awful episode from season three of She-Ra where Catra's cousin shows up to yeah, surprise like her for
2: yeah, exactly, because she's so far removed and looks so different. Like, when you look at the Double Trouble that you showed, now when you yeah. look at Double Trouble, you get a Catra vibe. Like, hey, did they kind of use some of that design to create the final Catra?
0: I think I think the, 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 the problem with a lot of these is that we're all so used to just going, oh, well, a character starts here and ends there. But you think all these artists are working on numerous characters at the same time as all these other artists in one room. Or like... The funny thing is, even on the credits, um, the guy who did the Mantena, Kim Curtis, he's not even listed as a character designer, and yet he did uh, Hordak, Shadow Weaver, uh, Mantena, at least in that really kind of really hardcore horror style. He even did Cowl as well. Um, so I think they were literally at Filmation going, "If you want to submit a design for a character, go for it." I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a memo that went around said, so "We're designing characters. Here's a list. Go crazy." So you had like, I think, you know. Uh, Bruce, I mean, Bruce tended a lot of the guest characters, so he wasn't really prevalent on those early designs. But did that knight it, show up anywhere? Because damn, that knight that he drew looked amazing. That oh, yeah, night that you shared, yeah. The knight becomes and that was the first time we'd ever shown that. There's another illustration where there's a more the you remember, like, oh, what was it, Gummy Bears? The baddie in that was like Sir. So, he was like a big, yeah. mustache, big nose, you try, uh,
1: he, yeah. I, you were trying to do an impression of him too, yeah. I was right? like, he's right. trying to. <laughs>
0: god damn gummy bears he had the yeah, <laughs> really, really great character i remember it but um he uh there's like um, a design that bruce tim did for one of those knights, like an alternate design that looks more like that it's not the same character but he's got like uh, a mustache i think he's got a mustache I remember, right in a beard and kind of that you know knights uh they wear that um, almost chainmail around the head and he's got a scar across one eye as well um, and, yeah, it was, it's like a gorgeous Bruce Timm's uh, illustration, but obviously never went anywhere. Then he went to the the more armored design, and then what they did in the cartoon was just slap a helmet on, and you've you got like a, an almost a new batch of Horde troopers for Mortella. Was it Mortella? Yeah, Mortella to boss around kind of thing. Plus with a yeah, mask, the one, you have to talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, and the one, I think, out of all of them that just to me didn't fit in was that Grim Reaper character, that Reaper. That, oh, yeah. Did, did, was it said who drew that? Because I, I couldn't remember if it said who no,
0: illustrated no, with Reaper, there were so many designs going around for that character. Um, so you had the, the funny thing is um, me and Meliana were discussing this actually. Reaper, a lot of these characters, there was nothing linear about this. It wasn't like here's one character, here's another. But when you look at certain things, it was obvious that you know I've chatted to Do a lot about this. We had like a really quite uh, deep discussion about this. But I think from what we what we established is that you had. Then designing all these characters for the horde and the heroes, like Double Trouble never made it to thing. Willowwind was another one who was designed a hell of a lot and then just phew, just vanished. Although, as I, I think I showcased back in Christmas, he pops up in um into Ethereum in the first episode. Willowwind is the um, harp player who gets, you wretch, or whatever, and That's, that was supposed to be that was supposed to be one of the rebels. Who then his all his traits became Bo's. So the reason oh, yeah, Willowind's playing a harp is that uh. you know, Bo ends up as the harp player. So Willowind was supposed to be uh, a traveling, what do they call him, bard, I Natural. guess, a story-teller. And then all those yeah. traits went to a magician, and all those traits went to Bow. But um, so with a lot of the characters, there was so much going on. But the the thing we established, you had you had Reaper and you had Hordak, which was like I guess Mattel and formation kind of working on that. But Mattel had come up with this like monstrous bat design by Ted Mayer. And Filmation were working on Reaper and Hordak, who their Filmation's Hordak was like Alex Luther originally. He was human. And then it slowly, he slowly gets more cyborg parts. But then slowly the designs of Reaper and Hordak and Mattel's Hordak all kind of come into one character. So Um, Yeah, it's really unique, really interesting to see these characters all come together. So, I mean, yeah, Reaper, that illustration stands out like a sore thumb. But there are more designs where he starts to resemble Hordak. And then you've got more Hordak designs where he goes from being human into, you know, more like, uh, yeah, it's like a weird mix between Reaper their hordak and mattel's hordak will come as like one character but yeah re- really fascinating and it's and like i mean emiliano and i was saying when we were talking about that, i don't think there was just a linear process it was just ideas going back and forth, like it's one artist drawing something someone going oh, that's a good idea i might do that on mine or whatever because they were just their goal was to create these characters and deliver them yeah so i think it was just yeah a mixture of all that stuff
2: and again this is something that uh you don't have to answer because i know there's things you can't say but I mean, with all the stuff that you've shown us, and like you said, all the stuff that probably still has not been shown, is there ever you think a possibility that another Pound Honor Foundation catalog could be made with conjunction with somebody else working together? Or is that? I
0: mean, I I don't know. I mean, that's more for the foundation to answer. Um, I'm I'm not part of the foundation these oh, okay. days. yeah, But it's um you know obviously i friends friends with Eliana. I mean close touch with those guys. But yeah, it's um we'd all like to think that would happen. And let's face it, for the good of the good of mankind the good of the he-man and Shira community it'd be great to see more of those books it's like mm-hmm. you know why aren't those books being published i think that's the bigger question it's like, i understand licensing and this and that but when you're when you're putting out you know books you think there's a whole plethora of artwork here and the foundation myself with my own collection have always been willing to go hey let's that was the beat of the dark horse Uh, books they were always willing you know they obviously had a finite time that they could produce books and also you know understandably they're like they look at things and think can we make money off that book and i don't think they saw much they had much faith in art books beyond the art of he-man book, which i totally understand i I think there is but you know they're the the decision makers and but the beauty of dark horse was they were just so damn easy to work with. when i did the um animated adventures guide my god it was just it was perfect. I thought, I don't want to be throwing my weight around. They were like, what ideas you got? I was like, okay. And then we went back and forth, like, like Mattel and Filmation, working with those characters. We went back and forth, back and forth, and what came out was a pretty damn good book. So it's you just think those art books, there's, there is an audience there. It's not going to be as big as probably the art of He-Man book because that was, uh, you know, that covered so many different um, canons. Whereas a Filmation book uh, full of the stuff that the Foundation has, would be amazing for the cartoon fans, but also there's so much in there that I think just even casual fans of the cartoon would enjoy. Because you've got even like art students would enjoy. Because you've got a process of design. You can see how True. something went from that to that. It's um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fascinating.
2: Yeah, you know, especially the fans that love getting all this stuff, like, well, like all of us, but we love seeing things that have never been shown before, and to know all these different stages, not only what you said what it takes to come up to a character, but all these other characters that we have no idea, like how you showed like the Knight and the Reaper and many others, I, I just, I know it's something that would sell, you know, it definitely would sell, but like I said, I guess it's just a matter of like how things come together and hopefully it could happen again someday.
0: And you think like surely in this day and age, um, like we all love physical books, there's no doubt about that. But you think, could there be the option of like a digital book? Would, would, would a publisher be more inclined to go, look, we're not, we're not willing to risk putting a book out, a physical book because, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you think a digital book, whilst we all prefer the digital ones, I, I, sorry, physical ones, I think a digital book would, would be a guaranteed uh, no loss for the publisher because it's like, yeah, we take the licensing fee or whatever. But I don't know, I'm, I'm not in publishing <laughs> I,
3: well, <with> all this <laughs> I was gonna say. I think ahead, the, the, ahead, the main time. problem you would run into digitally is just the fact that it, 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 how easy it would be for someone to just be like, "Hey, here's all the images, and no one has to pay for it." Kind yeah, of thing too,
0: that's, so. that was the one thing. Yeah, that's the one thing about Serial Geek why people would always say, "Are you going to make it digital?" And it's like, I would love to, but also I think the moment I would do that would just completely unders under undersell under all my you know magazine. People would be like, "Well, I could just." Or, you know, you just have to go on certain websites, which I'm not going to name for legal reasons, to be able to look at all the latest issues of any comic. If you want to read Masters of Multiverse, there's a a website for that, if you want to read that comic.
2: Are there people... There's people that read that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, Joe, I can already (laughs) think of two,
3: me and you, for the
0: sake of the show, yes. Yeah! Wait till the end of the month! uh, Do send my read read that comic as well. Read it. We read it. Um, Yeah. (laughs)
1: and laugh and, and, and drink drink and make fun of it, i i hope
0: or no of course not we we celebrate the beauty that is he-man and she-ra
2: well speaking of <laughs> oh, yeah, celebrate yeah. Uh, speaking of <laughs> laughing I, I, we ain't going to be laughing oh, coming man. up because we um. always have something that james is going to share with us now just a little while back and see i had no fucking idea about this until <laughs> i posted and james said something but i posted that picture of like hey man did this he-man vcr game come out i never got it i don't remember seeing it. i showed that picture and, of course, here comes James, you know, swerving into everything. He's like, hey, do you know I have the whole thing written out about that? got that in, like, one of your lots, too, where it so- shows the whole concept. So I was like, well, Nathan could probably show the picture of the thing up on the screen. Well, there, he's got it up already. And it's cool. It has a big-ass sword. Kids would have had a blast. A lot of those interactive games. But for you, you almost made it sound like reading it, it kind of would have been strange or what? But that's why we got to hear this shit, because I've never heard what you're going
0: to talk about. I feel like I feel like what's about to happen... We're not going to But he's like, Land of Legend all over again. Like, oh, oh, not my bad. God. Not that bad. It's, it's... Why is it? No, it's not James... that bad. I
1: hope because it's like... But well, you thought the see- need to bring it up. So obviously, it, it strikes a chord there.
2: <laughs> he's always got something that's new and great, and the second he shares it, it's like it turns to shit. So like
0: I'll start with the backstory wow. of the VCR game. So the first time okay. I remember seeing the scripts for the VCR game was... Lee Clavinger, the guy who used to go to the warehouse, used to, you know, be actual friends of Lou Shime. He was I think he's the only person I know that actually went into filmation studios in early 89. So literally he went in as they were beginning to close down. So he said he walked about the floors and there was like certain offices were empty. But he went into Lou's offices. He's like, wow, he actually got into he got to go to, you know, filmation in 1989. He was like, see, he only lives up the road from where filmation used to be. So anyway, Lee had a really good relationship with Lou Scheimer, and um, they, you know, Lou was the one that said to him, "Hey, uh, all the animation is in this warehouse." So when Lee went to this warehouse, the people at the warehouse were like, "Who's this guy?" And Lou was like, "I can vouch for him." So Lee was able to get into the warehouse and cherry pick all those awesome cells which, you know, he would give to me and stuff, and you know, secure. So most of them weren't damaged. Uh, a lot of the artwork. But during that, he would pick up, like, random stuff. But he also, you know, going back to the concept, sorry to go back a subject, but he saw a lot of those, um, like, the He-Man with the the centre parting. He said he distinctly remembers, like, Lou opening this drawer because he he sold him a few things. And, and like, Lee said, there was just a bunch of um, uh, drawings of, like, an earlier Prince Adam. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So where that's ended up, who knows. But it was there at some point, Lee, and, like, because Lee was also the first person to... See Orko with Unmasked? Because I think Lee said he was going through the storyboard, saw that, was like, oh, my God, and quickly traced it with a pencil and some, like, tissue paper or something and then reached through it so funny and he was like here's what it looks like and i was like no and then eventually i got the story <laughs> i was like oh
2: so, on indiana jones putting that paper over and then trace yeah yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: or the big lebowski where he does the sketchy thing and he gets a penis instead <laughs> my favorite jokes in a film um but yeah so lee would always have access and like get really random stuff and yeah one i remember like he just had a script and he was like oh i've got this vcr script so i was like oh what's that and we kind of he was just kind of explaining it briefly. I was like, oh, sounds interesting kind of thing. And then I think it was, I wrote down when I first got the file on my computer. It was like 2015. So maybe it was yourself. Someone had uploaded an image of that catalog page where it's like, He-Man, VCR game, and a she one as well. So maybe a script mm-hmm. for that yep. exists. And I remember, I remember seeing that image and going, oh, my God, Lee, this is the game. You've got the script to this game that never got made. So he was like, oh, Christ. So we actually, the next time I we went over to L.A., <laughs> God, we sat down and tried to tried to understand the rules of this game. So it's written as an episode script, but we've seen so we've seen direction and everything, and it kind of tells you. And there's a lot of fourth wall breaking, which is really cute. Then that would have been amazing to see. We're talking Skeletor's Revenge fourth wall breaking to the next level, where characters are constantly like, "Hey, boys and girls," and all this stuff, and the the boys and girls cheer back on occasion, <laughs> so that would have been interesting. Um, yeah, but so we I, we tried to understand the game, and it's funny, I told Lee, I, I left him a WhatsApp message, and I said, oh, I'm doing a, um, a podcast tonight with Fans of Power, and I said, I'm going to be talking about the VCR, VCR script, and he left me a voice message back, and I wish I could play it, that you could hear it, it's just him laughing, going, he just reminded me how much we laughed trying to understand this game, because you think, I, I think the problem is with with game makers that are, I guess, cartoon writers and I don't know certain designers. They, they must have just there must be such fans of Dungeons and Dragons. I think any kid can play this, and they make the most convoluted, complicated game that appear that is supposed to be for like five years old and up or something. Yeah. It's just. I, I, is it I, possible that was an early draft? Was that maybe an early oh, draft? This, other? Is, this is like the script. It's it's even got um, scene numbers next to it, which means the script was done. It, this was an approved script. This was ready to and go. I mean,
2: but also with that, it is giving you directions on how you would have played the game and interacted oh, yes.
0: with. And it's funny. I, I went back today and I looked at the image of the game. I'm like, there's the sword, um, the key, the gatekeeper, whatever the key master, whatever they call it in the game, and oh, there's. There's the red players, and the green players, and the blue players, and the yellow players, and the fucking... It, it, that, that sounds easy. But Give so us a I, taste of this shit. I started writing notes about it. Um, okay. Like, and, and then I gave up, because it just started to get really complicated, so my my notes are pretty crap to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, did, I, did I make did, did
3: anyone notes? Did anyone hear, because I've seen videos of, because the VCR games were... Yeah. were a hot thing for about five minutes at some point in the 80s it seemed like everyone was churning out vcr games i never played any i, I don't think tyler did joe i imagine you probably played one or
2: two i played uh, yeah i did play a few and there was there was different ways someone were just like how james was saying you were interacting with them talking back and forth to you then there was other ones where you're watching an episode of something then it says pause yeah. And then once you paused, and then it would, uh, you weren't supposed to look at the screen, it said, now what happened in this scene, and how many things happened here, and it was like more of a memory and, you know, memorization thing. But there was others where you were interacting, doing, as they said, going back to whatever paperwork and game pieces you had. So, I mean, as when I looked at this, I mean, me, all I've ever had was this book with these images, and I thought... Damn, this looks cool! You got a big ass sword. It looks like He-Man be on the screen. You see all the game pieces, and I, I just always imagine what was going on. Was there all new animation that was going to be drawn specifically for this? Were there voices that were already acted out for it? I, you know, my mind starts running wild. But then I hear James saying, "Oh dear God!" And I'm like, "Oh, was it going to be a pile of shit?" But no, no,
0: no. I think my fear of going back to just what Nathan so quickly. Um, yeah, I, um, I remember there was a game that did the rounds in the early '90s. I think it was called Atmosphere, and that was a VHS board game kind of thing, interactive, pause the video. With yeah. this game, the He-Man game, it doesn't look like you had a chance to breathe. It's like, play this, do this, go over there, look at that. What's this? Hold this, do that. Hit him, punch him, shoot her. It's like, what's going on? Um, so, I mean, like, I'll try, I'll, I, you know, if I was a professional, I would have, well, I did, I did try reading this and summarizing it, but I couldn't. So I'm just going to kind of go through it page by page. There's only um, 85 oh, yeah. pages, so...
2: we're here at nine o'clock at night it's three in the morning for you
0: like when you want me to wrap up just tell me um uh Uh, because i think that'll be after about five minutes um but it's don't get me wrong it's it reads really cool and you think oh this would have been visually such a treat where all the characters at some points are talking to the audience so um uh it starts off like there's no intro it starts off it says outer space a star field um, typical, you can imagine Eternian panning shots du-du, 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 du-du. <laughs> oh my god, start the episode um, so we're on the Fertile Plains um, and it's it's the start of the episode Trouble in Arcadia when He-Man's running about with his shield, defecting Man-at-Arms explosions that he's setting up Ah, oh, my new force shield works perfectly, however it's Prince Adam testing the force shield, so he's running through all these explosions and they're all hitting his shield and stuff and it's pretty much pretty similar dialogue except for little changes and stuff. So Man Arms is like, Good work, Adam. My new electric force shield works perfectly. Adam, oh no, Orko, Orko Z says, Yeah, it's great. Cringer's sleeping. Um, and Cringer makes a quip. I wish you would invent a sound shield, Man Arms. Ha 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 ha. That way you guys wouldn't ruin my naps with your noisy tests. I thought it said twats. I was like, Oh, blindly. <laughs> um, uh, Cringer, you're always. And then Orko, oh my gosh. Um, reacting as Orko. Adam, Man-at-Arms, they're here. Uh, Adam, and Man-at-Arms, turn and smile as they look into the camera. with okay. their cold-dead expressions. I think the only thing we that can, can make see. this
3: better is if James like, had like little outfits that he was wearing that he was just taking off and changing <laughs> into every time he was doing the character Oh, hang
0: on. Yeah. I just realized we could... Um, oh, hang on a second. Let me just uh, pop this window up so I can see. Uh, so, look, Orko... They're here! (laughs) Perfect! The puppet came into play. What is it? What have you seen? (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) oh man, Uh, quarantine has been good for me. Um, Yeah. Adam, uh, so Adam, man man at arms, they're here. So Adam turns to the camera. Hello, I want to take you on an adventure. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't I tell my parents first? Um, I I know we're going to have a lot of fun and I know you'll Adam, what about you? Know who this is all come, Adam. Well, what do you think, man at arms? I should be doing the boy. Well, what do you think, man at arms? Um, I think the boys and girls already know your. Se- I think, I think the boys and girls already know your secret, Adam. But just in case, why don't you tell them? Oh boy, Adam's about to reveal his secret, um, and this is the best part. As Adam walks towards camera. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend, Cringer's sleeping. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me. This is almost like it has been pre-scripted, Prince Adam. Um, The bear held off my magic sword and said some words. Um, I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. And it says various shots from the main titles. Only three others share the secret. I think we know how this goes. Um, And then he goes, and He-Man says, and now you know, but please, keep it a secret. Hooray for He-Man, says Orko. Thank you, my friends. This is like the He-Man adoration hour. <laughs> He-Man's great. He's like, yeah, I know. Um, He-Man, right now I'd like to introduce you to someone special. You probably know her already, but she wanted to meet you in person. And here she comes now. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Teela lands. What is she in? The Sky Sled. So she comes. And here she comes now. Cringes, yawning. Tila, I'd like you to meet some of my friends who watch us on television. I mean, I honestly... That- I, I honestly think this dialogue, because it's final script and it's got numbers next to it, I think it was probably recorded. So I think. There's Do you prob- also
2: think maybe there could even be possibilities that they drew out some of that ma- animation, possibly, or is that
0: maybe maybe a storyboard stage? Like, like as a random example of something most random I've had, but not the greatest thing I own. Um, I've got a storyboard. It's two pages, and it's uh, Mattel it's no sorry it's a filmation storyboard advertising an attack track toy but it's the filmation attack track but it's not it's not a case of them selling the filmation attack track it's here's an advert you know blah 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 so that's unique what was that for was it just a test was it you know i don't know it's i've got no context with it I mean like
2: with everything you just read there now I guess what I'm getting at is obviously we're hearing what would have been said in the you know the tape when you put it in but I mean were there a set of rules off to the side that would have told you like possibly you know when they would have paused when they would have did this or was this just everything that scripted of what you would have been watching
0: oh no the rules are about to come my friend um, oh fuck okay but, but before I do that let me just uh, I'm just going to blow my nose quickly apologies <laughs> <laughs> Shit's gotten running that's an ear muff. The, there we go. You have to prepare yourself for this one. Um, Guess I'm hanging <laughs> there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so right here we go. Um, Tila, I'd like you to meet some of our friends who watch us on television. Tila screams. Ah! <laughs> um, right. Hello, everybody. I'm pleased to meet you. Hey, what about me? I want. I want to meet the boys and girls too. This is Cringer. and I'm sure they want to meet you too, Cringer. Say hello, everybody, boys and girls. Hello, Cringer. Oh, gee, says Cringer. All right, who's ready to go, says He-Man. Yay, everybody says. Oh, no, we, everyone says. Right, here we go. <laughs> right, hello. so He-Man starts speaking to camera. First, let me explain how we... Orco interrupts. Hey, He-Man, can I tell them? Can I, huh? Sure, Orco. go right ahead. Thanks, He-Man. Orco turns to the camera. All right, everybody, listen up, because this is where it gets great. First, let, so if you go to the image that Joe shared, um, you'll see what they're describing. First, lay out the magic floor mat in front of your TV like this. So then Orco, let me see, Orko flies in the flame. The, the game box is gigantic by comparison to Orco. So obviously, they're using the game box graphic and artwork. So lay the magic floor mat in front of, so I hope everybody's playing who's watching this. Lay out the magic floor mat, not just a floor mat, magic floor mat, in front of your TV, like this. This, here we go, okay, Uh, close on the master's logo, it says. This is important because you'll be using this magic mat to go along with He-Man and his friends on their adventures, okay. Hold for a bit, uh, so got your magic mat ready? Pauses. Not pause the video. Just a pause in the dialogue. Great. One of you sit here. You'll be the yellow player. So there's a yellow player square. So one kid's sitting on the yellow player square. He points with the other hand to the green player square. Okay, now the next player sits here. That makes you the green player. The top of Volko's hat snaps and a third hand pops out points to the red player square. And anybody else who wants to come along and play can either be the red player or the blue player. But remember... For the magic mat to work, we always have to have two players, and someone always has to sit at the green player square and the yellow player square. Okay, so this seems pretty straightforward. We're on page 10 of 85.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I <laughs> think we are making it to 11, and we're done. Jesus Christ. I can look at Tyler. I think he's ready to snap. I don't know. This is so oh, a doozy so far. We're in,
0: we're in for this. Right, Okay. Um, now let's see what we've got here," says Orko. "Big old bagel, ol buggle ol blut, magic powers. Please open that. That's that's not that doesn't rhyme, Orko. Wow, a special power sword. Let's put that right here. The sword pops in the part of the magic. There we go. Oh, you've actually got the catalog, catalog.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm looking at it right now. I wanted to get wow. a better look at it.
0: I didn't know you actually had the actual original catalog. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, yeah,
2: like I said, I like them tokens, too. There's some, like, cool tokens there oh, yeah. like... Yeah,
0: but go ahead. So cool. um, so the the big power sword I think he's talking about, that the, the kid had in the picture, let's put that right here on the part of the map that says Game Pieces. <laughs> Even Orko says at this point, boy, there's still a lot of stuff in this box. <laughs> <laughs> but don't yeah. worry. Right now, all you need are these. What does he say? Uh, special playing pieces, pictures of He-Man's friends on them. Put them next to the power sword on the game pieces area. So magic mat, red, yellow, green, blue, game pieces, sword, playing pieces. Okay, we're getting this. We're getting this. We're having fun, boys and girls. Um, as So now, wipe. So screen wipe. Where are we now? Um, Orko appears next to He-Man Man-Arms Teela Cringer. Man-Arms stands next to a small pyramid-shaped device with high-tech instrumentation of flashing lights. All right. The boys and girls have their magic mats all ready to go. Good, because we have a special mission to perform. This is man At arms. We're going arms We're going to plant this early warning beacon near Snake Mountain. Okay. Well, Cringer frowns. This is sounding worse and worse, but Cringer, this is an important mission, says Teela. That's right, Teela. Man-at-Arms invention will warn us whenever Skeletor or his henchmen leave Snake Mountain to attack the Royal Palace. Okay, cut to Skeletor watching on his view screen. Bah, an early warning beacon. That muscle bound meddler and his friends are always interfering with my schemes. Back to the viewer. So if you're, so He-Man. So if you're ready, boys and girls, let's get started. Oh boy. Oh, hang on, so it says, uh, this is camera direction, begin close on the master's logo, then pull back to to a full shot of the mat. So we're seeing the entire mat. He-Man enters, crosses to the center of the mat, looks up into the camera. Also, we're, we're looking down on the mat. He-Man's... Oh, I top. got to He-Man, that's pretty cool. He-Man walks, looks directly up at us. Um, it said, But it also says, no, this is this is Snake Mountain map game. So, Snake Mountain map game? I don't know. Um, well, I mean,
2: there's a part where you see Snake Mountain on there and Castle Grayskull. And it looks like there's a starting section. Maybe they meant start at that part of the mat. Okay. Possibly.
0: Or maybe it's the Snake Mountain path or something. I don't know. Okay. Listen carefully, and I'll show you how to use your magic mat to come with us to Snake Mountain. First, everyone, pick a playing piece and and put it on the round yellow start space. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to have flashbacks of me and Lee trying to understand this script.
2: Do you um, think possibly, not to sound nuts, like uh, now when you first seen the script, you didn't see the picture. Do you think if you would have seen the picture along with that, maybe you would have got a you know a little more? gist, maybe it wouldn't have been as insane because it, it still sounds like it is mind blowing. But I think I,
0: maybe- I think it gets more and more insane as the script goes on. So don't get me wrong, like I think the image would have helped, but um, yeah. it just it does at one point. It just sounds like they start playing another game. And also, like I said, there's no direction of pause the video or do this or do that. It just, it's, yeah, that's un- what surprises me because you figure at one
2: point there has to be a pause or you have to do this. Uh, you know, like you said, I mean, that's the entire script you had there, but it made you wonder if maybe when it was finalized, and let's say if they would have had all the animation out and the voices, yeah, yeah. that maybe inside with the instruction manuals, maybe there would have been something different that at certain parts you would have had to hit pause. But you're right. From what you're saying now, it's like nonstop. You figure it's got to, come to a stopping point you
0: would assume the weird, the weird thing as well is there doesn't been, appear to be any variables like when i first heard of a vcr game script when lee showed it to me i thought oh it's going to be almost like a choose your own adventure thing where it's you know you die um rewind back to start or you get to this point fast forward to minute 32 or something i know that is kind of problematic but i thought oh maybe it's going to be like that where you fast forward to different sections of the videotape to see how the adventure maps out but this seems to be like you'd play, be doing the same thing every time you want to play this thing. You'd start off, you'd watch the tape, you'd get all this, you'd do it, Oh, you know, it just- There would there,
2: be nothing different, no different type no, of challenge.
0: It's almost like you're playing along with their adventure and there's like two kids playing this game, but <laughs> when Lee left me a voice message, he killed me with this, he just said, um, he goes, here's how the game would have played. Kids would have put the VHS tape in, got all the stuff out of the box, after about five minutes, one kid would have the magic mat round his neck like a f- cape, and the other ones would be <laughs> right. chasing after him with a sword. Because <laughs> yeah, basically going to and be like, right, okay, I'm, I'm listening to the rules. Because a, a kid wants to play, not go like piece one, piece three, yellow, red, blue, green. It's just, let's just have fun watching a cartoon. So I think maybe they were trying to market this as a game, but secretly it's just uh, a new episode. Well, a new episode, um, yeah. Maybe this is what we should have done with Return of Faker. <laughs> Make it as like a board no. game. Be like, hey, a new He-Man interactive board game. Right, you start on square one, watch the episode, and then you can put it on the square hundred at <laughs> the end. Let me and that's possibly
2: maybe that's why the game was just canned is just what you said. Maybe it was you just watch it. It's the same thing, you know, same thing every time. What else could you do? it lose the fun value. I mean, sure, it does come with a cool ass sword and has nice little game pieces, but you can't do anything beyond that. So, I mean, it's not like those other ones you're talking about where you pause, you're memorizing, you're doing something, some kind of interaction. This and I'm sure the She-Ra game would have been just the same, too, probably.
0: Uh, that's the thing. I, I wonder if like because this is 1986. So I just wonder if there is a she script out there. You know, that is equally as confusing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the script goes on. I can read bits and pieces. So, I don't know. He Man talks about you'll be know, trying to move your playing piece up the path. To the, it's basically a race to State Mountain here at the top of the mat. Now, see the picture of Orko, Tila, and myself on both corners of the mat. Do you see them, Joe? Both
2: corners? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I, well I, that VCR tape is covering up one of them. I oh, do thanks. see Tila in... He Man and Orko on one, and surprisingly, I'm surprised they use the Cobra armor Tila, you know, and not uh, filmation oh, Tila.
0: Yeah, it's very confusing. Like the 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 art direction seems to have gone out the window for the game itself.
2: Oh, and uh, I do slightly see them on uh, behind that that tape that's standing up. I do see part of Tila and He Man's head. So I, yeah, I see them both.
0: So this thing, so it says, when we play Orko, when we when we play Orko Tila, and I will hold up signs. <laughs> the signs will either be. A red stay sign or a green go sign. Before we hold up signs though, we'll tell you to put your finger on the picture of the hero you think will hold up a green go sign. So that's the thing. You can only do this once, right? Yeah. Right, right. It's not like the VCR tape could change. It's just going to no, be the same once, thing every Once you see, like, let's say He Man hold up a green sign, the next time you play it, you're like, let's all play this He Man game right in my house. Oh I'm gonna put I'm gonna put They're my finger in E-Man. Uh, uh, he well, wins every fucking time. Well, uh, every unless time.
3: <laughs> unless they had the thing on the tape where it, it is the different scenarios, but it's like so you play once and then you stop the tape, you don't rewind it, and then the next time you play it goes again. Maybe they had that segmented like four different times over, so maybe the tape's like two hours long. I I don't know. That's that's yeah,
0: I mean maybe but but if i remember if i remember rightly in joe's description it says something like an hour long cartoon or something and I think 50 minutes of that is just the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me, yeah, because like the
2: description, yeah, it just says, a totally new idea in children's games. It combines the action and adventure of Masters of the Universe with the excitement of VCR. Children will see He-Man taking direct, uh, talking directly to them, leading them in gameplay. The innovative concept is easy for them to understand and actively involves them in Adventures of He-Man. The game includes a vinyl floor mat board, special Masters of the Universe chipboard playing pieces, heroic and evil warrior cards, a magnificent 13-inch power sword, plus a one-hour video cassette. Mm. And, yeah, for ages 4 to 10. But, yeah, it wouldn't have much value, even if, like what Nathan said, which does make sense. I know those things were segmented for some of those uh, VCR games. But, yeah, if there was, like, four adventures, then after the four adventures, it's done. You know, you can't do no
0: more. It literally says, like, so um, angle left, uh, blah, blah, blah. A yellow hand, oh, this is, sorry, uh, it says, and don't worry, it's okay for two of you to choose the same picture, okay. Um, now, when we hold up our signs, if your finger points to the picture of someone who has a green go card, you can move your playing piece one space closer to Snake Mountain. But if you point to the but if you point to the picture of someone who holds up a red stay card, you don't get to, you know, as obvious tea, you, you don't need to tell the stay, you don't get to move. Skeletal, bah, you'll never get to Snake Mountain as easy as that, you little creeps. Um, if one of my p- power bolts strikes the square your playing piece is sitting on, then you have to move back one square. Ah, ha ha ha! And don't think f- this is okay. And don't forget, this is a race, so watch out for Skeletor's power bolts and hurry, right? Of course, says my Arms, because the winner of this game will be our first sword keeper. So that's not even the end of the game. This is almost like a precursor to the game. Or if, if again,
2: let's say we could go into context of what Nathan said. What if that was the end of the first segment, like a 10-minute segment, and then it starts the ne- next 10 minutes, and the next, so like if you were the sword keeper going to the next one, the next. I think that's the reason that these VCR games did pretty much fail and lose their appeal back then, is all these VCR games are pretty much the same. You've seen what happened, you play yeah. it once or twice, and it went away. I mean, I'll admit, it probably would have been fun for you as the first time as a kid to play this, but then the... The value of playing it again would just been gone, and you would have had a sword to you know swing around. I the mean, house. Tyler. Yeah, Tyler exactly.
3: looks like he just wants to like drink some bleach or something. He's just depressed <laughs> I over there.
1: I'm sorry, I have not even heard of the concept of VCR Games till two weeks ago when a coworker showed me a WWF one. Just by sheer chance, he had it in his collection of uh, vintage stuff. So it's
3: garbage, man.
1: I don't know what this game looks like. I haven't seen any pictures of it. I'm completely lost on all this stuff. So I'm just. Like what? Like I'm like the, the episode you. The sense where Homer's brain just kind of floats out of his head, and my <laughs> Is body's just kind of sitting here.
0: They and Joe just was just like, Tyler. and
1: then he went over here. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like I have, I can't contribute a single damn thing because I'm lost. I'm here.
3: I'll, I'll send you. I'll the send you of the, the picture. Of
2: the land of I'll send you the picture. Oh my he's
3: gonna send you the picture.
2: Everything that James has put on, that he's brought to us—I mean, me and Tyler have usually lost it along with James. There was *Hero in the Land of Legend*, this, and what was the third one? What was the other fucking thing, Tyler? That that we had that we're like, what in the hell is going on? I can't remember it. The, you uh, think? God. Uh, there was one other thing, God. James. Yeah, there, it was,
1: yeah there, there was. there was. Because this this makes it a trifecta. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on, James, you got to remember too. What the hell was it? Because God. God. Oh, I fucking hate forgetting. Well, James, while we're thinking, get get back to some of this insane script yeah, sure. before we go to um, another subject. I this feel like nuts. the
3: the only thing that any any kid would want from this is just having that sword. That's it. So, yeah. Sword. Yeah. yeah. That and watching
1: a watching the cartoon because, like, looking at this image here, like, I mean, that looks really good. But sure. Um, that's all I have to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean this. So, yeah, I mean, the, the game seems to be initially let's get to State Mountain. Is everybody ready for the first card? Put your So, Tila says, put your finger on the picture of the hero you think will flash the green card. Um, let's see, right, this is where it's going to get, I guess. So, we get a three shot of He Man, Orko, and Tila. Um, as they flash their cards, we see the sequence for the first round of play like this He Man, go, Tila, go, Orco stay. The go cards flash brightly to allow for a 10 second play time. Also, in other words, they flash and then the character goes, Shh. do you stay or go? If you pick the picture of He-Man or Teela, move the playing piece up the path to the next space. Okay, this game, maybe this game isn't as complicated, but if you point it to the picture of Orko, you don't get to move your playing piece. Um, then it says, uh-oh, there's Skeletor. Um, animated Skeletor pops on and aims his staff towards the camera. Try a taste of my power bolt, wimpy warriors. Remember, any time one of my power bolts hits the square you're sitting on, you have to go back one space. He-Man, let's do it again. Is everybody ready? And then they hold up their cards. It's the same thing. Right, let's go. How many times do you have to do this? Through the crystal mountains. Hey, remember these mountains? They're neat. Or you can, oh wait, I jumped ahead here too fast. Well, all right. He-Man, which way do we go? Oh, because there's a, the right uh, angle on first path junction. But this is this is the cartoon. This isn't the board game. He man, which way do we go? Well, okay, that's up for the boys and girls to decide. Pick whichever one you want. He points off in one direction. He man. Uh, he man says, you can take this path through the Crystal Mountains, or you can take this path through the Forgotten Forest. Orko says, gee, it's neat here. This is where Sky Tree lives. Nice deep color. Oh no. Okay. All right. Yeah, but don't worry. Whichever. Path you you choose, they both lead to the finish circle and Snake Mountain. Skeletor, ha 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 ha, e man, look out! <clears throat> oh, so, uh, angle to feature squares 4, L3 and R4. As three bolts hit those squares, the squares light up on screen. Phew, made it through that one. Put your finger on the picture of the hero you think will flash the card next. It's like, stop flashing your cards and get to Snake Mountain, for goodness sake! Um, if I zap you, you have to go back one space. It's like a constant narration. It's like they're reminding kids how to play the game as they go through it. Um, Let's try and get to the conclusion here. Uh Uh-oh, here's another one of these places we have to decide which path to take. You can take this path through the uh, Tar Swamp or maybe go through another path through the Dragon Mountains. Oh, well, don't worry. You can handle whatever paths come because guess what? They both lead to the finish Circle and Snake Mountain. Okay, so we're seeing a thing here. Visually on screen, they're showing us, all different paths, but kids are just looking at a map on a thing, if you know what I mean. It's like, oh, this, that, and the other. Um, the bolt hits the squares again. So it's basically kids move, Skeletor fires a bolt, kids move again, Skeletor fires a bolt. Um, how many times do they have to play, there until they get to the end? We're basically we're on page 24, 25 finger on a hero um
2: it had, yeah it has to be segmented maybe that is why there's 85 pages maybe they just will have a break in between certain sections and it keeps going 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 so it sounds like a long ass thing
0: yeah but this is only like the first part of it so um more flashing of the cards uh, blah 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 oh hang on now we get to has anybody met ma- so Orko orco asks has anybody make it made it to snake mountain yet he-man says if you have just wait healer because we need the whole team to plant the beacon let's see who comes in second oh, God. so in other words
3: so it just keeps going until everybody's well. there oh that's horrible yeah.
0: Skeletor I'll show you a good idea Orko oh boy I'll be glad when old Boneface runs out of power bolts when <laughs> we all um, right now let's play again says Orko hold up the things Zappisy zap is um, zap yep Z- or, uh, Skeletor shouting stuff pick was it Pick your bozos. What? Oh, in other words, now he's was having to go at the kids. But if you think I'm, I'm beaten, think again. You're wrong. Right, come on. Here we are. We're at Snake Mountain now. Right. Looking as scary as ever. We're on page, we're on page 28. We're at Snake Mountain. Then we hear He-Man speak. Um, good work, boys and girls. There it is. Snake Mountain. Your magic map brought us right to it. Um, Orko, okay. what a creepy place. Can I use my magic to get us out of here? Cringer, good idea. Oh, because they planted the, I'm guessing they planted the beacon. He-Man, sure Orko, but tell me, looks the camera, but tell me, who made it to Snake Mountain? Oh, this bit's great, I remember reading this earlier. He-Man says, but tell me, who made it to Snake Mountain first? You, talking to the audience. Good, let's clap for a winner. Wow. Man at Arms. And now, winner, you will become our first Sword Keeper. That's right. Go ahead. Pick it up. Kid picks up the sword. Sword Keeper, you are entrusted with the power sword. Will you you take care of it and its power? Yay. Um, Hey, I have an idea. This is where, like, Lou, bless him, or, you know, Dr. Donald F. Roberts probably had a say in this game. Hey, I have an idea. Let's cheer for everyone else. Because being a good sport is just as important as being a good winner.
1: Oh, my and someone,
0: God. Yeah, and yet someone's got a bloody sword. I think they won. Um, and, and it even says, and someone else might be the sword keeper next time. Oh, we can only hope. You said it, boys. <sighs> hooray, hooray. Let's get out of here, says Orko. Double bah, says Skeletor. Um, Skeletor. So Muscle, Musclehead and his friends planted their silly early warning bacon. I'll fix them this time. Trap jaw turns up. Sounds like trouble to me. Let me show you what I mean. Right, skeletal motions for us, the viewers, to approach. Skeletal's revenge footage. Come closer, closer. I said. Now just watch this. Royal palace. La 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 la. Right, here we go. Cringer's um, asleep still. Cringer to us. It's you. You're back. He man. They're back. Boys and girls, we are. We were worried. He-Man, what happened? The early, this is Man-at-Arms, the early warning beacon, someone's coming from Snake Mountain. The beacon works, this is good. Snake Mountain, you mean Skeletor? Yes, yeah, Skeletor's on his way. Skeletor turns up, just turns up. I just came to tell you and your little friends that silly beacon will do you no good. Looks to the camera. Did you really think you could ever fool me? we were trying to fool you, Skeletor, you were quite aware of our plan. This is me talking.
2: Um, anybody see scanners? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm starting to
3: think too. When it's like, "Hey, are you guys back?" That's what's making me think that uh,
0: the next that, that's part like the, the next
3: part. So, like, you, you play until the end, yeah. right there. and Then the next time you boot it up, it's like, "Oh, hey, you're back. Let's go on another adventure." Kind right. Of thing.
0: Let's have a look. I try and see if there's a there's um a stop. I mean, it just everything just dissolves or cuts into the next one. It doesn't say like end seen here or anything it's just dissolve cut to like the one i bet you is- in a printed thing if they did have the printed
2: manual because almost just like the other ones for the vcr games there are times where they let you know to stop like just in the manual itself even if it wouldn't have like you said on the screen maybe didn't. Yeah. there had to be cut points and that sounds just like nathan said i bet it was a cut point and this is the next start so the one that was the keeper of the sword would start off and see if you can hold it to the next segment until you get to the end of the hour thing it might have been like you know x amount maybe five stories or something
0: so this is i guess the next thing where skeletor well this is interesting because you can if you know your shira episode you know where they borrowed this story from so skeletor turns up ah to orko you little pest i got i've got some more power bolts Oh god from snake mountain just for you skeletor yeah that's right oh he Man deflect the blast of course For the last time, Skeletor leave, and I mean now. I'll leave, He-Man, but not empty-handed. Basically, Skeletor does something, and he steals Orko's shadow. (gasps) Um, Oh no, Skeletor stole my shadow. My magic is gone. He-Man, Skeletor. Skeletor. (laughs) Actual dialogue. Ta-ta, you fools. Phew vanishes. Orko, so yeah, Skeletor now has Orko's shadow. Uh, so that'd be, be the head heck of the same
1: shitty dialogue like from season two,
0: man. This yeah, it's sucks. uh, Orko, but then I f- i don't understand. I feel so weak when Skeletor took Orko, which took the shadow, he also took most of Orko's magic. We have to go after Orko's magic or Orko's shadow now, right? He man, because if we don't get it back soon, but how do we find where Skeletor's taken it? Jeez, I wonder. Um, <laughs> right, he man, because if we don't get it back, so yeah, yeah, but um, gee, if my magic wasn't so weak, I could find it with my crystal ball, okay. Uh, crystal ball, sword keeper. Oh, well, okay, so now Orko's addressing the person who's still got the sword from the previous round. Sword keeper, will you use your powers to help me see where has taken my shadow? A pause. Good. Now, now, here's what you need to do. I'm going to rub my crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> when I rub it, and <laughs> need to say the magic words. Oh, why am I laughing?
3: The look on Tyler's face right now, I think, says it all, really. <laughs>
0: Um, so Orca's going to rub his crystal ball vigorously, and he needs the tile <laughs> holding the sword. Does it say that, or <laughs> do <or did> you
3: <laughs> throw in the word vigorously?
1: <laughs> he rubbing he needs soon. you <laughs> to come
3: follow him so to his like, van that's right over there.
2: He's like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. This would have been a one-and-done game. Yeah, I could tell. It would have been a, a one-and-done. If they could have did something like the Memory Stone game, where it was like Dungeons & Dragons, where you pick your own adventure, go to page 10, awesome. go to the
0: E-Man yes. Memory Stone was oh such a good game. That would have been like if they did a filmation kind of thing like that with VHS. Like I say, we are going back and forward on the with timer or something. That'd be great. But anyway, um, I'm going to rub my crystal ball. Can you? And so he says to the uh, sword uh, keeper, when when I rub my crystal ball, I can't stop saying that. Can you say, by the power of Bray's skull? <laughs> now, Sword Keeper, what
2: you Say my name. Rub it oh, <laughs> Just
0: rub my balls and say my name. I want to hear you say it nice and loud.
1: Th- does it say that? Are you adding that? <laughs> <Now,
0: laughs> Deeper, I want to hear you say it nice and loud. Deeper <laughs> and loud? <laughs> there's a, there's yeah, a, say it nice and, nice and loud but while orca. he rubs his ball. My oh, yeah. I'm rubbing my pop. Humming mystically. Mmm. Ah, it's ready. You have to say the magic words. <laughs> Repeat after me. Loud. That's oh, like Hooray. Here comes the picture. Uh, Thank uh, you, yeah, Here Keith.
3: comes the picture. Is that what we're
0: calling it? <laughs> <laughs> we can, take this
2: shit, Lord. We got to stop. Get <laughs> It's, uh, well, we <laughs> can needless to say it's, it's I don't know, good and bad. This game didn't happen. Yeah. God damn it! Oh fuck, James, thanks for sharing this shit. We yeah, we can't oh, go anymore yeah, you don't want him to go
3: oh, anymore? I
2: can't. I can't take this shit no more. It's funny, but it's <laughs> insane. God damn! What are the odds that he would have the script of this thing that they showed? Bizarre. Oh for fuck's sake, James! Thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, we're gonna probably get to people asking you questions now. Cause uh, we gotta take a break. We gotta get off this game. Anybody in the chat room, if you have questions for James or us, please shoot a But help, give them to James. Anything you want to <laughs> ask him, and we'll read it. And goddamn, take a breath, cause that was fucking too just, much. Uh, went, just,
3: just rub your balls and then ask James to to. I can just, Can't you just, just, just total news,
2: total dropped dropped that and say the
3: magic words? Rub your balls and say James's name loud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. so I'm it's going to be a mirror three times and I'll turn up behind you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> mm, mm.
1: yeah. And I'll say, it's
0: coming, to- the picture's coming.
2: Everybody's
0: got to do it. He's got to draw one picture of that. He's like, like, no, he's like, say my name. I'm like, say my name. I'm like, yeah, say your name. <laughs> say my name, kids. <laughs> oh Ugh.
2: Oh, man. Jesus Christ. Well, well, Xantron had a little thing for you because he knows you watched them both. Um, In your opinion, who is more annoying, Orko or Uni?
0: Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I've always had a a thing. I I just like the sidekicks. I never thought them annoying. I mean, Uni is probably more annoying because Uni couldn't vocalize anything, and Uni would always be in trouble. You know, yeah. he would just sleep like nah. but whereas um like orko could serve a purpose and there was great orko episodes and not so great orko episodes and everything he was the the voice of the kids he was also like in certain episodes a lot of the you know dawn of dragoon great orko episode um yeah numerous numerous orko episodes he's he's stellar in and then you've got the ones where he's like uh, just a child Sick
1: of-, of the gray skull where he's just yeah Lost yeah down,
0: yeah yeah just like just r- ridiculous um but yeah so but whereas uni was just like a little unicorn but I I still like I thought uni was a cool little character especially I think it was what uni did was bring out a certain side of bobby the barbarian that was really cute because yeah. bobby like the one where uni's injured and bobby's so like enraged and that's beautiful to see that there's like his child with so much anger in him. And um, yeah, I, I didn't he even
2: cry a little too. Wasn't it beyond anger? Wasn't Bobby a little bit of crying or a little bit of yeah, tearing up? Oh, yeah, or...
0: yeah. I'm trying to remember which one. I mean the I mean the, the best episode for Bobby crying that always gets me every time is um, oh The Girl Who Saw Tomorrow, I think it's called. And it's the one where a new girl, like a new kid arrives in the realm and um, at one point she so she has visions throughout the episode. So she can almost like foresee certain things. Like she'll go, "Oh my God, look out, Bobby!" Like and tell Eric to duck and stuff like that because she's had these little visions. But she also has these deep sleeps. And one of them, um, towards the end of the episode or like midway through the episode, um, she's back at school and she's like, "Oh, you know, oh, I'm back at school," kind of thing. And and she hears like um, she hears someone call and she turns around. It's Bobby and he says, "Oh, you lose something?" And he's got her pendant and obviously they didn't meet on earth so it's him you know it's a future vision so she she says something like was that just another dream and dungeon master says no that one will come true and then at the very end of the episode she gets obviously taken back to earth because obviously everything resets itself at the end of every kind of 80s kids cartoon and i think dungeon master walks up to bobby at the end and like bobby's broken hearted because he's lost one of his like new he's lost like someone he was really close to and obviously it's that kind of child love thing he, he really liked this girl and she's gone back to earth, and he's like really upset. And Dungeon Master's like, um, I said, he's about to throw the pendant away. So he's he's got the pendant. It was the last thing she gave him. He's about to throw it away, and she says to um, Dungeon Master, pops up, and he's like, "Don't do that." And he's like, "Why not?" I don't want to be reminded of And He's like, um, he goes, "Because you'll be able to give it back to her one day." And he's like, "What do you mean?" He goes, um, uh, Dungeon Master says, uh, "Before she, her name was Terry." That's it. He goes, before she left she had one more dream and he goes do you want to hear what it was and that's obviously the dream where like i talked about where they meet each other back at school and then it just cuts to um, the other kids they're all kind of going well oh, let's let's give him a few moments to kind of re, re um readjust himself and then he comes sprinting over the hill like holding the pen and going, oh my god guys you won't believe what i've heard and the episode ends because yeah. it's obvious that he's about to tell them we will get home eventually mm. and it's such a beautiful beautiful episode it's so i mean yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is one of the best of the eighties. It's so so good. Oh yeah,
2: oh definitely. And uh, well, now Grimbot, you know Dushin, he has a question. Question for James: Will you talk about early ideas for animated Masters of the Universe movie next time? So maybe next time you're on.
0: Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, I've I've I kind of um. So for, I think they're going to kind of try and do a what would you say like um, an. Uh, because PowerCon's not happening this year, I think they want to do like a few panels that are, um, what would you call it, like video, like Zoom chats and stuff like that. Um, And originally I said, oh, I could do one about just like, because there's about, I think there's like two or three animated movie versions that Filmation were coming up with. They're just premises. So I thought I could do that. But then the project I mentioned about the return of Faker, I think there's a chance they would, they want to talk about that the thing. So I guess we'll see, kind of, you know, later in the year or whatever. But yeah, I'm always willing to chat about this stuff. And like I said, there's so many... I was going through a script the other week called Seed of Evil, which I just assumed was Evil Seed. And I was reading through a script where going, oh, it's nothing like Evil Seed. I just assumed it was, but it was an early filmation episode that yeah, is not um, Evil Seed. I should try and get my hands on um, Rob Lamb's Amber Waves of Flame, the, the Frost episode, the Frost of Volcano episode. That was... I, I read that in a hotel room in San Diego, San Diego. Was it a PowerCon twenty eighteen? And I sat there reading the script, and it's it's so good. It's one of those where you're like, oh, this is would have been like a great Froster episode in terms of it's got real. Almost, I don't want to say tragedy because it's not like it's terribly sad, but it's got real tragedy in the story and real kind of depth of character. And then there was Rob Lamb's self-confessed uh, awful script, which was Flight of the Fair Flight of the Fairwind. Yeah, which was, it's, it's such a weird episode. It's, I think the king holds a science competition, and man at arms enters and wins, and a jealous scientist, and his two Earth, his sidekicks who speak like they're from Boston or something, it's, they've got all those kind of colloquial colloquialisms of like, they sound like from bloody earth. And it's it's like Robs calls it a horrible script. It's you could tell it would have been made at some point. It's a fun script, but it would not have been a classic. It's no greatest show on Eternia, but it's no Tilly's Quest problem of power. Okay.
2: All right, uh, David Karhunen has a question. I don't know if this is something maybe you showed recently, but he said, James, what's the He-Man merchandise that you got recently? So was there something you maybe showed or is he just asking you maybe is there something you bought recently? I didn't know. I don't know. if Maybe he's seen something on your wall.
0: Let me just – I'll just look at my Instagram. See if I – that's always a good, like, memory kick for me if I if I posted yeah. something. What did I – He-Man book. Um, no, I, I, I don't – what's that? So I'm just going through my Instagram post very quickly. Um, no, I can't see. Oh, unless he's referring to the – no. No, I don't know. Sorry, man. Um, yeah, so, sorry. I'm not sure what that is. I'm trying to think. What have I okay. bought recently?
2: Yeah. Well, no problem then. Okay. Well, no problem. Sorry about that. Um, uh, Sean says, question, since Super 7 produced Hero and Eldor, and you shared that god-awful Land of Legend pitch, has any other long-lost preliminary powers of Skull sketches or documents been discovered?
0: I don't think so. I mean, the only document that was out there was the one that, or the thing, the one that still hasn't been read by the masses was the one that Scott Knightlick had a san diego comic-con in 2014 which was the i think that was the live action stroke cartoon he-man thing where i think that was more of a vcr shooty game if i remember rightly but that was really that i remember again lee reading that and oh i was i was describing the script to lee and he was just like it's like yeah i've got no clue it was it was somewhere in between the end of he-man and uh, what became new adventures of he-man yeah, and it was there's like um i don't know if it was made public um there was a, an illustration of man at arms in, that might have done the rounds and it looked it looked unique but it i was like oh okay um and i think if if you look at the first catalogue the power and the Found, sorry the, the only catalog the power of the honor foundation catalogue there are some sketches at the end that we all thought at the time were for the movie and their vehicles with like big green crystals on and I think, I might be wrong, but I think what we established maybe a few years back is that these green crystals were associated with this show in which you would fire at the screen and these green crystals would be some sort of interactive thing. So, yeah, I, I, that's all I can remember. But, yeah, that's a weird concept. Um, any other things? Land of Legend? um I'm trying to think. Yeah, just like, like I say, a bunch of the Filmation concept stuff I've got, or like the scripts and bits and pieces um well, that yeah. land
2: of legend that was that was a treat
0: definitely wasn't and, um, it. yes I and, I've uh, looked at it since i last looked at it with you guys someone said you should yeah. scan it in for everybody to read i'm like why would it be that cruel <laughs> <laughs> yeah you <laughs> people
1: don't you don't need to see this you, you just don't, I don't just take that. our word for it what, what what do we have to gain from line here about
0: it yeah james <laughs> Etop will forever be known as the guy that brought land of legend to the public masses i don't need that he doesn't need another yeah. record. He's got a clean record here, people. Like he
1: record, is, right? He's the minister of truth when it comes to He-Man. We need to keep it, you know. He just, just <laughs> yeah,
0: well, leave I mean, it alone. I mean, let's face it with this VCR script, I'm teetering slightly on villain, super villain. So Oh um, he's enjoying it too. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well Daniel did want to uh clarify. He just meant uh if you remember the last piece of merchandise that you added to your collection that was for Matt. Oh sorry.
0: Um oh uh <laughs> Like, I go and get it? Have you got like? Uh, can I? Have you got like two minutes?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go do what you need to do. I'll I'll read uh, some stuff from here. Blue-haired lawyer on last week's video said, "I love MoTU classics, but my collection is extremely small because they are pricey." I definitely feel you on that one. Do any of you guys buy loose figures from eBay to save money? Are any of you cherry pickers, or are you completionists and or completists, as he said? And Tyler Tyler went and as his subscriptions were coming in, he stuck with it. Pretty much through the entirety of it, I am trying to buy yep. a lot of them loose on eBay. I, I, I got 12 classics figures that are coming in the mail. <laughs> I kept messaging Tyler. I'm like, yeah, I got another one. I got another one. Hey, I won this one. He's like, that's awesome. And now I've had to move my classics from the case over here over to the shelf over here. And now I'm going to have to figure out what to do with all of these figures here because they're going to have to move to make room. For the classics that i'm getting in and now i got to situate everything so that is that is my process i know that joe was going with it for a while right and then you just kind of stopped yeah it
2: used to be a yeah it used to be a completist but yeah money wise then uh, yeah i couldn't do it no more but yeah all right james is back what you got james
0: um so the most recent thing i added to my collection is the most expensive thing i think i've ever bought in my life um, i think you've probably both seen it but um that cell oh wow yes beautiful pretty glorious i was like so i paid i i knew who owned it for the longest time and i thought to myself am i gonna want to you know shell out that money for it and when it when i got it I, it's funny the guy lived in the uk so we met um he works and um, he works does he work about about a 40 minute to an hour train ride away so i got the train so i had to travel across london Pick up this piece of artwork and travel back. I remember, like, thinking, "Is this going to be worth it?" And the moment I kind of took it out of the packaging, and opened it, and you and I saw that obviously, oh, it's mirrored in my image. I don't know if it is for you guys. But, oh yeah. And I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god!" It was just it's and it's for us, You know, sometimes cells are slightly nicked or damaged. It's just in perfect condition, man. It looks perfect. Is that
2: the is that the first i have the power uh cell that you've owned because i just assumed you probably had some other i have the.
0: Power. no 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 that's, that's the first one. yeah sorry that's the first one i ever owned because they're just you know um they're just so impossible to get i, I know i know it's quite funny i know the per- there's, i know the person who owns all the arms and heads of this and i know the person who owns the body so it's <laughs> between the two of them they've got all the key frames but they don't, you know, and I've, and the other thing I've got is the random, I think I've showed you guys, or I think I posted it once before, which is, it's, so the promo, there was the promo shot that was used on video covers and everything, a lot of promotional, where it's He-Man doing I've the Power, slightly off key, it's yeah. like direct frame, and it's the lightning around that, and I own, randomly bought a bunch of artwork and that lightning was in there, and I was like, oh my god, it's the promotional lightning, so. Yeah. That, it's pretty cool to have the I have the power and you actually have it. That that is awesome. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It's it, it, the way I do I tell it to people, it's after twenty-three years of, you know, collecting, and I've you know, don't get me wrong, I've I've got some beautiful stuff over the years, but you kind of would always aim for oh, I'd love to get a cell from I you know, Adam taking out the sword or he man doing I have the power, and then to get that and it's it's the key one as well. You've got obviously the main one which is this, but the one where he's holding it forward, and it's like that's that's actually him all the way forward it's not slightly in between it's all the way The thing i thought i'd show you is um i mean I, i've shown these off before but i thought so obviously that's a cell from the the logo oh, <laughs> <cool. Wee! laughs> Damn! how cool, cool is that james are by this,
2: the way these, what are these
1: start? going in frames because these are very pivotal pieces like oh, are these going on like, display it,
0: they're, they're put it this way they they're in like lock and key kind of thing it's not just they're just under my bed or something they're in like proper protective kind of things and everything i mean i'd love to put them in frames at some point um you know i've owned this i think this cell for god nearly well over like 12 13 years but just it's quite funny the first time i guess when dvds happened but with vhs transfers i always just thought the logo was blue and white and then eventually when dvds happened it's like oh it's like little red you know um kind of markings on it well it's actually like you know um Beveled, I guess, is where you got the... Oh, I
1: see it. I see it. Yeah. No, I, I I, didn't know that.
0: Yeah, if you, if you watch the intro, you'll just about make it out. It's not that clear. But, yes. Yeah, um. so, yeah, there's that. And then I thought I'd show you. This is, is I mean, this is, this is probably quite boring for something. It's just the folder it came in. So that's the folder, which says, it says, uh, down it says, MU main title uh, on a black card. So that's the background. Uh, scene two, because obviously scene one is the Filmation logo. Um, bottom lights are just where they're projecting the flashes onto the screen. Um, there's always little instructions. Rush means we gotta do this very quickly. So obviously it's very um and you got here like uh let's have a look. The final checking happened on what is that? I can't read the date. I've got my old man eyes aren't working. Seventh seventeenth of March uh eighty three, obviously, yeah. Twenty yeah i'm oh, sorry, twenty-seventh of March eighty three. So yeah, it's um just a bit of history. And then this is like this is my favorite piece. This is um so that's the actual line art of the logo oh, okay. so that's what they xeroxed over and over again to make it bigger and smaller as it kind of comes into the screen so it says like down here i think it says like if you can see it, it says like um he-man ma1 kind of thing oh and the fact there's the instructions where it tells you it says the layout it says um uh like he-man goes into the place stops and then master universe comes in and they both disappear off the screen mm-hmm. so um Sorry, it's not great you, the quality. No. no,
2: you got some rare, great stuff right there. Now, what's your address again? Where do you live? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um Phil <fair laughs> Knox. Uh,
2: <laughs> I was like, cool. all right, man." No, thanks for sharing. That, that that's cool right. shit. Uh, Grimbot had another question for you. James said, uh, "What's the dumbest early idea you've encountered for Masters of
0: the Universe?" Oh, it's got to be. I mean, it's. I mean, likes this, but it's got to be the. The names, at least, of the, you know, Biff Beastman. Oh, God. Dr. T.E. Scope and Evelyn Powers. For those who don't know, in the early in the series Bible, um, was it the Queen Marlena, Marlena Glenn comes to Earth, but her co-pilot's a Triclops Beastman. And
2: we got lived. that new Champions of eternity, right? Yeah, shit story. God, was, man.
0: But it was the only time, I, I think, one of no, one of two times I've seen it referenced. So one was there, and the other one was in the... Um, Larry Houston mini comic pitch that that, um, that surfaced in the I think it's in the mini comic collection book and in his story Queen Marlena in the opening story is captured by the villains and it's a really badass scene because she she is you know she um, I think Beastman kind of delivers her to the villains and she like Marlena's like, oh my former pilots kind of thing. And it's it's a really lovely scene. Obviously they don't go, oh, Dr. T. E. Scope, Biff Beastman. I, I did love. I got to admit though, out of all the names, as dopey dope as those names are, I do like Evelyn Powers. There's something pretty cool about that name. It's like Evelyn. Well, Powers. It almost
2: works. It yeah, it sounds close to yeah.
0: But the the, the very concept, I think, is it's the problem I have with or It's the problem I have with a lot of these things where. The moment you try and explain everything, it loses all its mystery. Sure. It's like, I, I like the fact that Triclops walks around with a fucking visor. I like the fact that Beastman is this savage guy from a jungle. I like the fact that Evil-In is this witch. I like the fact that Skeletor is a demon from another dimension. I don't need... That's it. The moment you, you, you make him the half-brother, you, the moment you make him He-Man's uncle, it's just like, really? I mean, you know... I and I still, to this day, I still don't believe that was 100% what they planned in those original mini-comics. I don't think Lee, is it Lee Nordling was the writer? Yeah. I, I don't, you know, you made that reference to Keldor, or whatever. I, I'm i not sure that was what they were going I, for.
1: I always felt that was such a bogus thing. Because I remember seeing that on Heyman.org. Like, people were, like, making references to that. I'm like, there's nothing in here that specifically states that there's a connection here. I until I, I saw that uh, interview with him.
0: Yeah, the, the the only scene, and it's it's a stretch. Is that they're trying to get Keldor, and I think doesn't Skeletor come through the gate or something? But yeah, then Razor, But it's behind, like- it's behind them. Like, yeah, it's behind yeah. them. It makes no sense. Yeah, it just—it doesn't really make any sense whatsoever. And I just, I, I just—that's the problem I've had, and the problem I'm always going to have, I think, with a lot of the concept going forward is that, yeah, it's just, just that I, I like mystery. That was again the problem I had with the, and it's you know, no offense to. Um, uh, Scott Knightley, who worked on them, but no,
1: please those, offend. Those,
0: please, please uh, offend. At least on my behalf. Yes, yeah, I'm totally. But on those 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 classics bios, the problem I had with them, um, you know, these days Daniel and um, Eric Marshall write them, and two people I greatly respect their talents. But the problem I have with a lot of those initial classics bios is, and just the very nature is just the need to explain everything. I think what Daniel and Eric have done, which is really cool, is rather than go we need to connect everything and do everything. We're just telling fun little stories. Like when they did those, um PowerCon release those three, um, like 1988 figures in classics, it was like Whiplash, you know, with Trapjaw and all that crazy shit. Um, they told a really good story about that character in his bio and I was like, that's really cool. That's what you should be using those for. Whereas Scott seemed to tell these stories about like, right, let's explain everything you know let's give everybody real names that really name. Oh, i hated
2: the real names like the real name of beast man and Merman man was or something and then what what was Hordak hector or something some bullshit like yeah,
1: that I just, like, oh i hate it i'm just so glad to hear somebody who is so prominent in this community is is, is just expressing the same frustration with the idea of explaining way too much about things that, no, you know what, nobody was asking for a backstory or a real name or what where this person come think, from.
0: At the same time, I understand people wanting to know more because obviously you can only do so much with a character. But at the same time, I, th- I personally think you can tell lots of stories with Skeletor. Let's face it, in the 80s, they told probably hundreds to a thousand stories with Gosh. Skeletor in which Skeletor. Keldor was not a part of it. And they told right. great stories, whether it be the Mark Tex era mini comics, um, even like the first four uh, Al- Al- Alcala mini comics, um, all the Larry Houston stuff, the, the Bruce Tim ones, all that stuff, the Filmation Cartoon, the Ladybird books, the, the Golden the, the Books, the UK annuals, books. annuals, everything. You're right, there and was never nothing about that. Stories them. which made this demon from another dimension or the planet Infinita or whatever you want to call it just really utterly fascinating because i love the fact that skeletor's goal was to conquer eternia not to get revenge and steal the throne back from his brother yeah in the cartoon he wanted to bloody oh in the in the coloring books you remember he wanted taylor to be his bride all that stuff that was all nonsense but it was wonderful nonsense that we all bought because it's like yeah this demon from another dimension he's just like an evil dude he just likes doing evil dude stuff not like doesn't
2: need an explanation you don't need to think about (laughs) where his origin is just he's an evil bastard
0: I'm going to slightly contradict myself. I do love villains that have wonderful backstories, like um, the uh, Netflix Daredevil show. I loved their portrayal of oh, the Kingpin. Oh, that's
1: a work of art, though. I mean, that, that's,
0: There so. you go. Like Vincent, I forget his name, D'Affinario or whatever. His portrayal of the Kingpin. D'Onofrio? that's it. And his, I was just thinking of Sergeant Pyle. His story, the Kingpin story, is utterly fascinating because in the comics, I'd always thought of the Kingpin as big guy beats up Spider-Man Daredevil. That's all he seemed to do. What what they did was have this entire... Back, but it was it was all grounded in what we knew the Kingpin was. It wasn't like, let's go, let's do something. The equivalent of the Keldor thing would t- suddenly say the Kingpin was a demon from another dimension who suddenly came and become human. It's like, wait, what? That makes no sense. The beauty of the Skeletor origin is just that he's just a bad guy. We love that. And that's it just yeah. frustrates me that it's this Keldor thing. And, you know, there was one movie script during the rounds where He-Man and Skeletor were brothers. And it was like, oh, why? Stupid, it? It's just, I, why are you trying to knock off Thor and Loki? It's already been done. Thor and Loki have done it. If you do it now, people are just going to go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm clearly going to I'm on. tired of the family thing. The brothers
2: and, and the brother-uncle. The, it doesn't do anything to enhance the no. story. I mean, how no. many great no.
1: action and sci- science fiction films were great that had, the, the heroes and villains were not related. They were just... A compelling hero and a villain like, oh my god, this guy's such an asshole. It, well, it's just- At least with Kingpin, you know, you didn't like he came from a tragic background, but the yep. guy still believed in being an absolute asshole and didn't care. Like you didn't feel bad for him, like, even after you saw that. You're like, this yeah. guy still needs to be stopped. Yeah, it, he is yeah, going absolutely.
3: to do... It's just that Star Wars mentality, you know? Like, ever since it's a thing, it's like, oh, well, Vader's Luke's father. It's like, all the movies since then. What has it been about? Trying That's to connect everybody, and it's just it's too Everything much. Everything
0: has to be connected. Like I say, the, the, that was the problem I had with classic bios. The the ones that Danielle and Eric seem to be writing at the moment seem to take it in a different direction of, let's just take this and do something with it, rather than let's kill my Mr. Uh, Man at Arms, um, and all these different characters in one single bio in the Ultimate Battlegrounds Part 7. It's like, how am Isn't that I the think? dumbest name for these battles? It's just the tagline of the, the Box of
1: Eternity. Why is that the name of, of a battle called the, the Full Ultimate Full- Battleground. It makes that no is, sense.
0: The problem, I I think, what what they should have done with that classics line is they should have released... I know this is too late now, almost. They should have released a book which just put all those bios into a story I don't mean just copy and paste them all but told the story that you wanted to tell so you, you could read them be like okay this is an audacious story but now I can read it the fact that we got a bio and be like right now I've got to try and collect connect blade to three different generations of this story and and there was so much going on I many many years ago this is like back in two thousand and two I think Val Val staples um, had got the license to do the um the two thousand and two comic and he came to me with an idea and he said let's try and do like a uh kind of what we did with that one issue that came out which was let's do a marvel universe guide so it's a character with this you know um, description their history explanation of their powers then what came out what we did was we we both said in hindsight was a a massive error it was just
1: encyclopedia
0: yeah the encyclopedia which it was and it was just too overly explained but what we originally wanted to do was the same concept but Val said let's try and tie in all continuity so what I did it was crazy I went through all the He-Man stories at that point in 2002 we knew of so it was like mini comics golden books Filmation, um, ladybird books and I created like um, a single canon for them all and it was it was a it was a bugger trying to explain everything but I was trying to get through to this you know da-da-da-da. and it wasn't like oh this was Savage He-Man or this was this, this was that. It was about trying to piece these stories in and just explain why Adam wasn't there or this or that. And I'm saying that my point of this is that was a nightmare just to do with that alone. The fact that Scott kind of took all these characters and just went, I'm like, how do you even, do you even know the story you're telling? And that's no disrespect to Scott. Again, it's that thing of, I don't know the story he was telling. Does I'm sure, I'd love to think that he had like a board behind him with all these like, you know, almost like you know when someone's solving a crime and there's always bits of string tying up. You're giving things. him
1: way too much credit.
0: <laughs> but it was yeah, I just thought like I don't understand what this story is. And I after about I remember on my blog, my old He Man blog, I started I think I reviewed like the first five bios and then I just gave up because I thought I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to keep track of this story. And maybe that means me I'm stupid, but it was really fucking I, I thought it was like Whew. <laughs>
2: All right, Oh James. Now you got a question from Spike. Spike says, "From all the Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power characters that did not make it into the filmation series, give us your top five characters you wish had appeared."
0: Oh my goodness! Um, wow. Uh, Tyler's had enough. He's gone. He's like, oh. um, <laughs> so "That's
1: it." He's like, I'm, "I'm losing power on my iPad here. I got to get it charged here."
0: Oh, man, he wasn't expecting a three-hour ETOK extravaganza. Oh, no, it's
1: fine. I, I really thought it was plenty charged anyway. It, it always is, so I'm like, I don't want to get into a position so, where I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. I,
0: I, I tell you what, um, I, can't, I can't do these in order, so I'm, just, I'm kind of taking inspiration from behind your, your respective uh, shelves. Oh, thank you. So, so Clamp Champ, he, he would, I'd would love to have seen him in the cartoon as he was portrayed in the Star comics. That character was so good, and it was from the the kind of bad stage of the star comics, but him being like an overconfident, um, guard to the King, I thought was such a great story. They told, uh, cause the UK comics always struck gold with a lot of those stories and characters, but their clam champ was just like, Oh, he's, he's really good at everything. But the star comics one, I thought was so good where he was just this overconfident guy who kind of screwed things up as he was trying to guard the King. And he was too proud to ask for help, but also combine that with Bruce Tim's version or um, lee nordlings i guess in the search for keldor he, um where he's got like he's just a badass in battle like when he catches ninja's arrow out the sky and speaking of that another character scareglow Scareglow in the cartoon would have been amazing that you because you can tell a whole episode if you can write a script and tell a whole episode around a character clamp yes, um scareglow absolutely Ninja, the only thing I didn't like about Ninja was, um, whilst I loved the toy, it was, like I think, the first toy from that wave I had. The only problem with Ninja I had was he kind of made it feel, you know, he, it's really hard to say or sound cynical, but he just reminded me too much of Earth. I don't know that's crazy because a year or two later, they, the heroes end up on Earth. But just the fact that we've got his... Here's um ninja he's a ninja it's like i i know i know we had jitsu but at least he still felt eternian with with ninja it's just like oh he's kind of dressed like a ninja mm. but you know maybe they would have done something with him but he's not in my list so i'd say um yeah i'd say uh, Clamp champs Scla- scare glow who else you got on your shelf oh god king hiss jesus what am i doing king hiss <laughs> oh king hiss would have been phenomenal again it's a thing you can do so much weird that we already let's face it we already had rattler and tongue lasher in the cartoon oh, so we yes. just thought it there i mean we had we had tongue lasher in the cartoon but he was there um and yeah i just think with king hiss i i his funny little thing i think i might have said this on a previous podcast um with you guys but i remember i was playing around with um skeletor's voice on when i was doing the edit the audio edits for the return of faker And I was down-pitching Skeletor's voice. So when you down-pitch Oppenheimer, you get all those kind of battle-cat, guttural voices, and it sounds great just if you change the pitch. You keep the tempo the same, you down the pitch. And I remember thinking, you could take all of Skeletor's dialogue, drop a pitch, and you've kind of got a new villain, and you could have King Hiss. The downside is, you just can't say his name, obviously. That's why we hope that this... um, this AI technology that me and Doosan keep our eye, on, especially Doosan, keeps his eye on, catches up because when that when that AI technology happens, where you can just put all the filmation voices in, type out a sentence and have Linda Garry say something, or say have Orko say "rub my magic ball" and say and talk to me dirty, then you could have that stuff. Like the ability to create new dialogue would be amazing like you could have alan oppenheimer you change the pitch of it and suddenly you could have i am king hiss you foolish mortals or something but with alan diamond a dialogue so yeah um so yeah clam champ king hiss mm, who else oh god let me have a look at your shelves who we got <laughs> uh no we've got horde out we've got laser light uh t- i think for fun i would love to have seen would you have wanted
2: Squeeze in there?
0: Maybe Squeeze. No, I, I think when you when you have like don't get me wrong, I love Squeeze and Snake Face, but I just feel that I'm like, no, nah, I think I could have I could have done with that because with, of Cobra Kai stretching his arms. Yeah, that's true. Good shout to Disappearing Dragons. Um, with regards to Spike's question, did he say just from the Toy Line or anything beyond? Was it just? Oh,
2: uh, He didn't. Re- I don't know. He he just made it. Uh, I was just assuming meant anything. I mean, heck, you could include a Mosquito if you wanted. Anybody you well, wanted. Yeah,
0: like, I, I, another one I, I really liked that I saw potential in from the comics was um, Lieutenant Andra from um, Oh yeah, from the Hate Stones, from issue nine. She like she makes one, well she makes a cameo in another issue, but she made one appearance and she was, I felt such a wonderful foil to Taylor. And Taylor never had that in the series. She never really had the closest. She, she comes to having a friend is like Elena, and she's a drugged up weirdo. So you know, we love Elena, <laughs> but you think if you'd had a kind of another Taylor but one who was even more brash and kind of hot-headed. And then you kind of have Teela act around that character. So, yeah, weird choice, but Lieutenant Andra. Who else? I am gonna. I know I'm going to regret one and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't think of that.
2: Well, you could hold it to another time, because what's bizarre is what you just said is going to come to, I think, what the last question is, which was mm-hmm. from um, Michael Bell. And I believe that's what you uh, copied and pasted, correct, Nathan? The one I'm going to read now? That you posted?
3: Uh, no, the one that I copied and pasted. Uh, well, is well now. Uh, now we're like was, breaking was that, that from... wall. Like descendants, descendants of Grayskull is. Oh, descendants,
2: a... of Grayskull. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought he always said his name on here before too. But okay, but I got you. Well, descendants of Grayskull said, James, <laughs> if if you could have written a script with Tila and Adora in it, how would the relationship be? Would Tila be as bitchy to Adora like she is with Adam? Or oh, no, I think that, that's, right, that's our last I... question.
0: So I've always said, rather horribly and cynically, I've not not—I've never been a big fan of fanfic. That doesn't mean I don't love what it is. It's just, I always, you know, and, and that's my, myself speaking as well. If I, I go back and look at some of my stuff, I'm like, oh, man. You know, because it's just, you're, t- you're so used to hearing the stories you grew up with that when someone says, how about this idea? You're like, really? I don't know. Um, but don't get me wrong, I always, en- I always seem to enjoy it. It's just I'm, I'm somewhat like cosplay. I'm a bit weird about it and yet i I'm, on, I'm in the same boat with you on both of those. you know what i mean it's it's yeah. it's you know we all love our own stories and telling our own stories and stuff but sometimes even even i go back and just think ah, uh, maybe i don't know it's it's, it's hard work. but yeah sorry um in terms of that question so the reason I'm, I'm, I'm umming and ahhing is that back in god i guess the mid to late 90s when me and zadok were doing the episode of your website we started website it, Thank you, sir. We started doing these, um, it's hard to believe that was over 20 years ago. We started doing a, a proposed He-Man season three where we were going to write episodes and not review them necessarily, but just write episode premises. And and I think my, the goal was originally, like <laughs> seems like an easy option at the time, but it was incredibly complicated. I was going to do video captures and kind of manipulate them to look like new episodes. I <laughs> wonder where that would pay off eventually. So... Um, yeah, I, uh, I came up with, I think, a story called... Um, I remember it was, so it was a She-Ra episode, and this is going back. I wonder if I, I wonder if I've still got it somewhere. Um, so I'll, I'll try and look for it as I talk about it. So it was called Adam's Ethereum Side. So it was a She-Ra episode. So Adam and Teela end up on... Um, oh, man, if I've got it, that'd be so good. Oh, my God, I've got it.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Oh, sorry. It's called Adam. I think it was called Adam's Aetherian side, and also Adam the Aetherian. So, uh, do you want me to read the premise? Read the premise. Read it, dude. Uh, Okay. So I, I honestly have not read this since the nineties. So it may, it may be awful. But here we go. In the Royal Palace of Eternia, Teela, knowing that she is Adam's bodyguard, feels that she has neglected her role in recent months. She questions her own relationship with Adam, unable to find the answer, but feel, bear in mind this is me writing 20 years ago, so it's a bit um, hit and miss. Teela questions her relationship with Adam, unable to find the answer, but feeling that she's more of a sister to him. At that moment, Adam receives a telepathic message from the sorceress son into to the castle. As the prince is about to leave, Teela blocks his path, explaining that she will never leave his side again. Castle goal the sorceress is surprised by Teela's presence. Um, and opening up a, a, a and a dimensional gateway to Etheria tells Adam that the threat of the Horde is growing. A perpec- a, a perplex- this is, I love these little bits. Oh, I've read this is so long. A perplexed Teela fails to understand why the Prince of Eternity needs to intervene when brave warriors like He Man and She Ra fight for freedom. Adam tells Teela that he will aid his sister in her fight against the Horde, surprising Teela with his courageous words. Adam and Tila enter the portal as the sorceress looks on, knowing that the prince will find it hard to play both the coward and the warrior. Arriving at the rebel camp, Adam and Tila are immediately made aware by Adora of the Horde's plans to overflow the village of. Oh, I can't read. Why have I called it that? Terror? Har. Oh my God, it was my ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I was like, Terrier? And I was like, oh, Harrier. I, I used to date Harrier. Yeah, yeah, sh- sh- so shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Harriet. Um, so during their conversation, it becomes apparent that there is odd tension between Adora and Teela. It is not long before Adora, Adam, Teela and Bo, that's a great lineup are spying on the Horde. They watch as the Horde load up the villages of Har- I got saying Harriet into a Horde slave transport vehicle. Adora and Teela hatch a plan of attack, with Teela questioning the whereabouts of she Bo agrees, adding that they are outnumbered and outgunned by the Horde. In an effort to transform into their other identities, Adora suggests that she and Adam would be best suited to attack from a certain position. Teela disagrees, stating that she and Bo, the warriors, should stay close to the prince and princesses of Eternia. They attack in two groups, but Adora is captured along with the remainder of the villagers. Adam attempts to run off and change, but Teela proves too difficult to evade. You guys still there, right? Yes, yes. You're still, you're still hanging on. <laughs> um, Adam, Teela and Bo regroup and head towards the fright zone. Um, arriving on the outskirts they are spotted and, and laser fire from the horde outpost is trained upon them they leap behind a nearby rock and adam acts the coward asking teela what they should do bo reminds adam not to rush in this is the, this is great bo adam reminds adam not to rush in like the time he saved adora single-handedly <laughs> teela is astonished not believing her ears and is bewildered when bo remarks that adam is by far the bravest man he has known in years teela questions bo if they are talking about the same adam all three run from rock to rock, dodging laser fire along the way. Teela is captured but enables Adam and Bo enough time to enter the fright zone. Inside the fright zone, Teela is placed in a cell with Adora. There is an, This is the, the relationship between Teela and uh, Adora. There is an obvious tension between the two. Teela reveals that she is jealous towards Adora, because she feels that she has been a sister to Adam for years, and now that Adora is back in in her life, her sisterly role has vanished. I thought it was a really nice thing to address, because, you know, in the series Teela and Adam are almost like siblings at times, and then Adora comes in, and Teela's just like, bye! Um, Adora calms Adam, uh, uh, sorry, Adora calms Teela, telling her that Adam has always spoken highly of her, and reminisced over their journey that they've had growing up. Adora tells Teela that she is the one who should be jealous because for 21 years, she, given their age, um, she never knew that she had a brother and never shared a life with him. Teela is shocked, realizing Adora's overwhelming sadness. You know, Ad- uh, Teela had the best, you know, always the best years of Adam's life, and Adora never got those.
2: Elsewhere, I think it sounds really
0: good, James. I don't, sounds, I don't, yeah, do yeah Martin does. It um, yeah. Elsewhere, Adam and Bo is coming to an end. There's only two more paragraphs. <laughs> elsewhere, Adam and Bo split up, and while Bo distracts a large group of horde troopers, Adam transforms and, he man, smashes his way through the fight-, fight zones dungeons. Just as he approaches the cell holding Adora and Taylor, he realizes that Adam is more than just the Prince of, of Eternia, and now realizes that he must prove that to Taylor. So he transforms back into Adam. Taylor is surprised to see Adam blast open the door. He frees both of them and tells Adora that he saw Shira approaching. Adora rushes around the corner, transforms into She-Ra. As Adam and Tila flee the Fright Zone, She-Ra aids Bo in freeing the captured slaves. The final scene. The following day, Adam and Tila stand before a glowing portal uh, with Adora and Bo. The group say their goodbyes, with Adora stating that Adam and Bo uh, were fantastic. Um, Bo directs the praise towards Adam, prompting Adora to tell Adam that he is a great brother and a great hero. Tila, who has been silent up to this point, grabs Adam by the arm and states that he's her hero. Adam turns to Adora in shock, everyone surprised by the loving interest expressed by Teela. Adora winks Adam. Teela marches Adam by the arm back through the dimensional gate, fascinated, with, um, fascinated by the new Prince of Eternia. Uh, Bo turns to Adora and asks if he's her hero. Adora mockingly throws her arms around Bo and declares that, that he is. Bo and Adora laugh and head back to camp. The end.
2: <laughs> Hell of a story, James. That's, that's, that's brilliant, dude. Great- I'd love um, to have seen I, an episode
0: I forgot, like that. I, honestly, I have not read that in 20 years. I forgot that was quite a fun script because you, you play that thing of you don't overdo the Adora Tila relationship. But you explore it when they're both imprisoned, and you have and the key is as well. I wanted I remember saying, let's do an episode without He-Man. But then I thought you've got to because we all want to see He-Man pop up once. So you have that one moment where he's like, i got to get in. the power of grace goes smash 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 then transforms back into adam to continue that adventurous prince adam but yeah i i wrote so many of those um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read them all out but Well, I mean, but that was great. I mean, hell, everybody, even in
2: the chat room, they just loved what you said. I mean, (laughs) they're saying it was a brilliant, great story. They said as a He-Man and She-Ra fan, it's the best episode I've ever heard. Um, No, that's great, man. I'll tell you, you know, it's a shame that, you know, like more people like Grimbot couldn't come along and help you and animate that into another story someday, because, goddamn, that really does sound good. It was
0: was something I did back in, I think it was, uh, God, the year 2000, when I first got my graphics tablet. I don't know if I have a post. I'm sure I posted them online somewhere. And I did these uh, – one of the early kind of big fanfic episodes I wanted starts off with He-Man and Broom. Uh, He-Man and Broom fleeing the fright zone. And there was like there was like really comical scenes, and I animated it, and I did like He-Man's voice and everything really badly. I was like, Broom, can't you carry me all this stuff? And Broom's like, I can barely carry Madame Raz. How am I supposed to carry the most powerful man in the universe? And then there's one scene where there's a bunch of horde troopers surrounding them, and, and He-Man's like, Broom, come in. And he <laughs> – and it's like it uses all the classic He-Man stock, but instead of the Sword of Power, because the Sword of Power got lost in the fright zone, and then you've got He-Man using broom as the Sword of Power, doing the whole hand-to-hand thing, and then like, <laughs> and he's fighting the horde troopers with broom as the sword. He's like, and broom's going on guard and like shouting all these kind of things, and then they kind of escape. They did you like, say
2: you animated this?
0: You animated I, this? You I said? did like a really poor. I'd love to do. I need to redo it because it, this is the year two thousand. And it's really bad animation. Like, he man turns his head, and something it's part of his neck. It was just, I was roughing it all out, and I didn't do, I didn't do the entire sword fight. I just had like a few conversations and broom. Uh, but I was really getting into this animation. It, Did you ever post it publicly, or no? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I've still got them somewhere in a folder. But yeah, it you was. Post um, that.
2: Fuck, we'd get a kick out of that. Post it. stuff. I'll probably post like it, to it,
0: NBC it. Universal and so say we own that, and I'm like,
2: no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you, Joe! Look what happened. Oh shit. Well, goddamn. Well, on time well james that was the, yeah that was the last question there was a lot of comments and there was really active uh for this episode so i mean it was great having you but before we go i mean is there anything you wanted to you know talk about or like tell everybody to go your pages something you got going or uh,
0: no not really i guess just um yeah i hope everybody's staying safe in these cra- crazy times and um you know and you know coming up with their own forms of entertainment watching uh, podcasts listen to podcasts all this business because um yeah i think uh Pretty crazy out there right now. Um yeah. Hopefully everybody stays safe and, and well and, and washes their hands and all that business. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is like a PSA really, isn't it? In today's right. episode.
1: <laughs> oh no man. No, didn't it's wash his after rubbing his crystal ball. Yeah. So we encourage <laughs> everyone to you know, wash your hands thoroughly for twenty seconds here, kids. <laughs> yeah, there we there we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm gonna promote the episode well, actually, he's vigorously rubbing that,
3: that ball man
2: oh. did oracle's eyes just
3: get big? his eyes yeah oh boy well that's the first for the show for oh, sure i appreciate that james for putting that he's on had there
1: jerking off you know on this podcast, this I mean, hey, if there the, was uh, ever
3: an incentive, a wholesome podcast. If ever an incentive for the people that actually listen to us on Podbean to come on over to youtubecom podcast. it's for that. If you want to see James holding up a puppet of Orko and it looks like he's jerking it's off, awesome. hey, this is the show for you. You have a fetish for that kind yeah. of thing. This, this is your chance.
1: I
0: just, I just found an entirely new audience. For this oh my god! Well, this could be like
1: this hilarious. whole like you know uh, like niche market of, like, fetishism for, like, you know, masturbating oh, puppets. If
3: all if all those guys start <laughs> popping into the chat room the next few weeks, so I'm going to have to, like, start setting up a moderator <laughs> or something in here. <laughs>
0: Sweet
2: Jesus. Oh, God. oh, but it was great, man, James. We love having you on. Every time you're on, some crazy shit happens. But it's great, you know, to share your knowledge and... Just all of us sit here and have fun and just share the love of Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power. That's what it's all about, man. So okay. but uh well I guess well for anybody that was uh here and is new to this channel, make sure you like, subscribe, share, ring that bell so you can always be notified when we go live. Because as you've seen, this was a different time today. And for me, Tyler, Nathan, and James, until next time. <laughs> have a powerful day. <laughs> He's got Oracle. God damn it! I do not say. See see you next time. No, no
3: movie quote from Tyler.
2: Tyler movie quote.
1: How am I supposed to follow it up with a jerking off Orko? Like, what the hell am I supposed to say? Like, you know, no, no one is going to pay attention to anything. I mean, it's you know, we're seeing. But oh, here's Fifty Shades of Orko right now.
2: (laughs) Son of a bitch! Yeah, there's nothing in there. Yeah, that's
0: (laughs) You guys.